0: Um,
1: Sorry, this is this enough?
0: Let me give another. Well, when Sherry's ready and Kurt's ready, we'll just go ahead and start. Okay. I don't see any emails, but I'll go ahead.
2: Uh mm-hmm. just I'm ready when you're ready, Kurt.
0: Okay. Okay. All right, welcome to the Board and Commission Structure Committee meeting. Do you need to do any sort of, if there are people online, do you need to do a little spiel? I'll read just a quick statement on
2: this one. Um, uh, If you are attending this meeting via Zoom, please ensure you are muted and your video is off and you are not actively participating in the meeting. This allows the active meeting participants to be seen on screen. When you are participating, please unmute and turn your video on. If you have any trouble, you can send a chat and those go directly to me. Uh, The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. Thank you. Thank you. And would you like to take roll right Uh, now? Yes. Sharon As- Ashworth. Present. Katie Barnett. Sharon Ellenbecker. Travis Harrod. Here. Christopher Cohart. Here. John Nalbandian. Here. Stanley Rasmussen. And Daniel Smith.
3: Here.
2: All right, thank you.
0: All right, well, thank you all. We are here based on what all the work you did the last time Uh, we met and you gave uh, uh, directions for the uh, average terms and vacancies data and moved us right on to talking about operating rules and procedures. That's where I did watch the last meeting. So um, we should probably first uh, do the minutes. For now, I will have to, of course, abstain, although I did watch um, the meeting. So, um,
4: this is John. Now, yes. I do have a, a question. I'm not sure it's the minutes or where, mm. but on the uh, on the boards that are listed in the various documents here, there's nothing with the health board.
0: Well, let's let's get to that oh, um, okay. after we do the minutes, and we can we okay. can bring that up um, when we d- dive into it. Okay. Um, and, so and
5: also. We have someone in the waiting room on Zoom.
2: Oh, thank you. Oh. Hurt?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: sorry, I'm on your computer accidentally.
2: Okay.
5: To <laughs> <laughs> Just what a little hacking that? going. That would be mm-hmm. great.
2: Awesome. Ah. Are you, a, are you able to correct yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. Uh, uh, it's uh, JT Thornburg, and I'll okay. uh, just let him in. Thank you. Okay. You
6: got it.
0: Thank you. So, are there any uh, amendments to the minutes from those that attended the meeting last time?
6: Is she looks oh, like the door's locked. I'm not sure. I'll grab right. it. wait. I'll wait.
0: We're just looking at the minutes, Sharon. So were there any changes, amendments to the minutes? And I have a motion to approve the minutes.
1: Make a motion to approve the February 9th, 2023 meeting minutes. Any seconds? Second.
0: Thank you. Any discussion? Um Chair, could you call a vote for the approval of the minutes? Absolutely. Sharon
2: Ashworth? Abstain. Sharon Ellen Becker? Approve. Travis Harrod? Approve. Christopher Kohart? Approve. John Nobandian? I to abstain too,
4: because I am
0: <coughs> Daniel Smith.
7: approve.
0: Great, thank you all. Now we can get started on the meat of the discussion. Um, you had a very fruitful discussion the last time. I, I did watch it and that is why we've ended up with this agenda here. Um, the first part of the agenda for the average terms and vacancies, um, we'll let um, Sherry um, tell us any of her additional thoughts on the, this data um, but I do want to make sure we manage our time um, to discuss the the meat of it here the operating rules and procedures so I want to make sure that um, our discussion of the average terms and vacancies um, make sure it is uh, very relevant to a future discuss for our discussion of our task of reviewing the boards and commissions and not get too down into the weeds um, with which commissions are doing what. So just like make it relevant for our work going forward.
4: So I have a general question about about this thing. When we look at the average number of days of vacancies, does that suggest that there is a scarcity of people who want to be on boards, or are we okay with that? Because if there is a scarcity, then I noticed that we have been rules you can only be on one board at a time. And if there's a scarcity of people, then one board at a time is probably.
2: So I'll just kind of outline how we pulled the data. Um, so at the last meeting there was a request for information on terms, vacancies, quorum. Um, I'll go ahead and start off and say finding how often meetings were canceled for lack of a quorum proved to be very difficult just based on the software that we have. If we we try to know in advance so we don't have staff show up and, and all of you show up and so that meeting, if it was scheduled gets canceled but it doesn't necessarily say why. So that was information that was is not going to be easy for us to determine when. Uh, I do think that's something we will want to address. And realignment because that's going to be how we track if members um, are in attendance so that's something we're looking at but in terms of the data that we have so we looked at the terms we looked at the term for each individual that served on a board in a particular position and we pulled that data by board we then just filter that data by to look find the length the average length of service for that board so I, I sent that all to you. It was attached to the agenda. I did go ahead, because staff had some time this afternoon, and just kind of put that in, in more of a um, chart form, um, in a graph, just so you could get an idea of what that looks like. Um, so you and that's just how to give you an idea how long are people staying on this board are they serving you know one term and that's it are they not even completing their term we don't really know why they did or didn't complete the term and then on uh, the vacancies we looked at it by position so if there's nine by board and by position so if there's nine positions they're generally labeled by that you know position one position two position three and we were able then we then looked at gaps and we did those by by days and then again we averaged that for the board. just some general patterns I saw is you know you could have one term that was hard to fill or that was had a long extended vacancy, and that kind of throws off the, the whole average um, for, for that board. Also if you have a member of not a nine-member board versus five, which is why I put the date the data starts in the chart that I sent you all, just to give you some idea of how much data we have for the board. Um, generally I would say we didn't really see a strong pattern in terms of whether it was hard to fill or a specialized position because both were the same. For instance, um, the Historic Resources Commission has a position for an attorney and it was vacant for almost a year and a half. And so, um, but that isn't, it wasn't always specialized positions. Um, A lot of them were just members at large positions that had vacancies as well. Um, We did struggle a little bit to sort of put it in a format for you to see any relevant I wouldn't say relevant data, but um, there weren't a lot of strong patterns, I would say, in the information that we pulled. But we can certainly play around with it more if you want. And again, we have all of the data by board, by member, by individual, if you want to see that. Um, But we were trying to present it to you in a way that would show, you know, give you kind of what you were looking for. Are certain boards struggling with vacancies and are certain boards struggling with links of service? And I'm not sure. There's a strong pattern there but I'll let you all determine that
0: can you tell what the most terms currently are
2: they three-year terms on most yes so? okay mm-hmm. and so some of those you'll notice we have from 2014 if you think when we implemented the system in 2019 you may have somebody who ha- had finished a and end of term and then did two terms so if they were a current member we entered their term into this system so that's why some of the data goes back further i will point out we do not have information on vacancies for planning commission um, that is not in uh, their terms of service um, and the management of those boards is that data um, that's all handled by planning, and it's not in the system, and so I've reached out the, to them to try to, to get that information. We just weren't able to get it done prior to. I think it's the way that board was set up initially, was set up a little bit different than the others in the system, and so I'm, it's in there. It just isn't in a format, format I was able to pull, but I was able to get their um, length of service.
1: I would say to to Dr. Albanian's point of uh, whether this speaks to you know accessibility of individual language. This does speak to if if we do have a difficulty that justifies or supports one of the reasons of why we're consolidating these down. Again, like if if you look at this, probably in ten committees versus 20, 25 committees, yeah. that same pool okay. of people would would we may not see it. And I, I don't know, that might be a causation correlation argument, but yeah. but if we have fewer with yeah. the same pool, I don't think we have as much yeah. potential turnover. I, I would ask I don't want to get too in the weeds because I think this is just to help inform where we're going. Is there any data that we see from other cities that have commissions of what uh, average terms length of service or vacancy days and commissions are yeah, well yeah. And is that even an available data that is accessible it
8: it wasn't Super easy for a Cherry to do, I don't think, and so asking a colleague in another city yeah. to pull that probably would not be... I don't think anybody really goes through and publishes this data or does this kind of yeah. analysis. This kind of a, a undertaking isn't done very often either. Because
1: that, that's what any time we have analytics, you know, comparing them to ourselves is great, but comparing it to outside is, is, is helpful. I, I don't know that I would want to go through that process for what we're currently doing. I think this informs what we need to do moving forward. Um, at least that's just my opinion on it. But if we had it, it would be interesting
5: to know what that would look like. Well, we would start from a position where we're already kind of an outlier, right? Right. Actually, we have 40 some and our peer cities have 16. Right. so already you've got sort of <laughs> this <laughs> lopsided spot to start your analysis so right you might just have to be content with what's in front of us I'd, I'd agree
0: the only thing i was trying to look for when i was looking through this just real quickly um this afternoon is if there i could pick out any and maybe sherry can speak to this were there certain i noticed the uh, average days of positions or vacancies is really short on the public incentives review committee. So that just made me think, are there certain committees that seem to be where it's easy to recute, recruit and are popular, so to speak, to serve on, more likely for people to serve on? And I look through the others. If, it, if it's a committee that's going to tell the city how to spend its money, is that more likely to, to get people on it or any any sort of trend like that? And I couldn't pick anything out of out of this, so I don't know if you noticed.
2: Anything. I couldn't either, and and part of you know what our system is. I can't attach mm-hmm. these spreadsheets as a spreadsheet. It's just a PDF, which is why I sent it to you in that format, to where mm-hmm. you could filter by you know terms of service or vegans, because that really changes. If you're looking at length of service. Some boards have really great length of service, but high turnover I mean the high vacancy rate. So okay. um, I was not able to do that, but I, you know, I certainly, you know, I think you could filter and change and move move the information around and maybe get a better sense of that but we weren't able to come up. Okay. I just want to know if you'd seen anything that was no.
7: stood out like that.
2: Okay.
0: Does anybody have anything more to say about the data?
7: Sure, uh, Daniel B. Smith. Not getting too into the weeds, there are a couple standouts. I mean, both you and I are on a Special Alcohol Funding Advisory Board, and so like we are aware of, of the particulars of that situation. There's a couple things like that that do stand out. But overall, I'm, I'm more surprised by how small some of the bodies are. I don't think I realized that there were some that were all the way down to five, which is is pretty small. Um, I think overall, I, I'm surprised that the vacancy... Um, the number of days positions are vacant is, isn't is longer um, for some of these. I feel like overall the averages are actually pretty good. Uh, and then also just looking at this data just makes me really cognizant of the fact that and, and I, I did, did a little calculation on my phone, but there's 150 people represented here and that's who we're talking about across all the boards of commissions for the City of Lawrence. 150 people is simultaneously a pretty small amount of people considering the size of Lawrence and then also things are, and then also um 150 people is also quite a lot of people from like a volunteer coordination standpoint so um you know talking about the fact that like not that many cities have undergone this sort of process i also feel like not that many cities probably sort of look for opportunities to increase recruitment and increase awareness of these sorts of things i assume the way that our city operates is how most cities operate you know where you have these positions and you wait for people generally wait for people to come uh, and apply for them maybe people on the boards are telling their friends or, or trying to spread the word and maybe people on the city commission might you know help identify folks but I, I really do feel like we have an opportunity to, to sort of change things and be a little more innovative in getting the word out and making more, more than 150 people in the community aware that this this opportunity exists because it is just yeah such a tiny little little group of people we're ultimately talking about. And I know we're trying to condense things to to some extent, but the fact that it's already such a small pool is is kind of wild to think about.
0: Other observations from the data? Except that I'm sure we will turn back to it as we go through our discussions, definitely, in terms of size of boards and turnovers. I mean, this gives us something to look back on as we get into the nitty-gritty of the boards and commissions. So thank you, Sherry, for putting that together. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the next item on our agenda is item number two. Um, so uh, in, in watching the last session, maybe um, Travis can, can help out here. Um, the purpose statements, I'm a little vague on what was it, except that I was fascinated by the discussion on operational boards um, and policy boards. And if you could quickly say maybe what the purpose statements were for and what we are expecting to do with that.
5: Watch me deflect.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
8: Well, I mean, I think this is a this is the next step in understanding not just these are the buckets maybe we started sorting into from, from very the, the very first meeting actually and we kind of then talked about that a little bit more last time. This is kind of saying, okay, so what would these do? If these if these the function of some of these are going to be captured in here, what should we do? And I think Sherry just pulled in these are these are the actual verbatim statements okay. from our strategic plan. Okay. So that's that's what led us to this place. So we eventually, we're going to need to say, if these are the ones that we're going to use, mm-hmm. and this is a suggestion, but if we we're going to use these, then how do we describe the work of these bodies?
4: Okay. Are we looking so at this document?
8: Yes, advisory boards and commissions, ABC's alignment yeah. with strategic okay. plan.
4: So I got, again, same question, where's the health department?
8: My recollection on the Health Department was it it was in the category, and I was looking it up, it was in the category of it it isn't one of the bodies that is completely controlled by the city. So it's a joint board Mm -hmm. with somebody else. In this case, it's the county. What about the
4: Planning Commission?
5: Same thing, it's city-county. So we can think about it, but it's not actually, it's it's going to be.
4: I know, but they're listed.
5: But But it's also a statutory.
8: I don't believe the Health Board is that cities are required to have these. I, I do believe that the um, Planning Commission is a statutory required board okay. that the city must have.
4: Yeah, I, I know that there's variation in where health departments are. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And it may be, when we get to further along here, that those boards and commissions that we're are not sort of involved in the pool uh, that we're, we're manipulating and testing and trying to decide um, how they how they look the, the roles of those could possibly change well, I want to say it so they could be brought into the discussion once we've just dis- talked about the commissions and boards that are part of our purview essentially um, it might be that some Function of an existing committee might then fall under an existing board or commission that we're not we're not tackling in terms of changing it. But
4: basically, if we leave it out, then it means we're not regularly wanting to be involved.
8: Not necessarily. I, I wouldn't interpret it that way. It is that we don't have control over the structure, form, or function independently as a city. So it will continue to exist exactly as it's written. All of those boards and commissions will where we're a participant member. Those would, we don't have any authority. Now, that could be a separate project where we, but that would have to have the involvement um, of multiple jurisdictions to modify that. So it wasn't the undertaking of this body, this commission.
4: Just thinking about the message. I'm on the board, that's why I'm doing this. Just thinking about the message that this is sending to the health department.
2: So on our, even just on our website, like the public health board, we don't manage the agendas on on our website. That all is on the health department. That's, that's Lawrence Douglas County Public Health Department, but all of that information is on their board. It's not even managed on our site.
8: So other ones that are listed, Criminal Justice Coordinating Council. We're active participants. That's an important part of the city, but the city is only one part of that. Um, Destination Management Incorporated, Douglas County Community Corrections Advisory Board, um, Douglas County Emergency Management, I mean, all ones that have a very relevant purpose in the city is actively a participant. So there's a long list that are along with the um, health department, okay. the mental health board, Douglas County uh, Food Policy Council. And the MPO and I would I would say that I, I did talk to Jessica Mortinger and she reminded me that some of the ones that we listed as um, task forces those are actually MPO task forces so they we, those are not those are sub sets of MPO so we really don't have direct control over them so I wanted to
2: And we remove, I've removed those from this, any of those steering committees that aren't permanent or the task Mm -hmm. forces, just so that we're talking about the kind of more permanent boards. And I think that's why initially we didn't have the planning commission on here in that first one and then at the last meeting we realized they they should be is because they kind of fall in between both of those things we were just talking about. And we may
0: come back to some of those um, as we go through this. So uh, it sounds to me like the the purpose statements. Then I mean, the meat of our discussion sounds like, and based on your discussion from the last time, and correct me um, if I'm missing something, was looking at these operating rules and procedures and this discussion of operational advisory boards, policy boards, task forces, that sort of category of things. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like a good jumping off point for this discussion. Is what are those and I guess I'll start by an initial just sort of basic question is there any rhyme or reason to something being called a board versus a Commission I understand a task force is a temporary thing but in terms of these these terms that are getting thrown Mm -hmm. around is there a standard understanding of what those terms mean so that they cannot be interchanged. Mm-hmm. They can be interchanged. Maybe we could come up with just one. Mm-hmm.
5: <laughs> yeah. I think the first thing you'd do is mm-hmm. you'd go back and you'd look at their their format their formative document, you know, yeah. like whatever, you know, statute, whatever mm-hmm. whatever city code, whatever city resolution created them, if they use a particular term, then out of the gate it's All a right. commission, it's a board, it's okay. a whatever. But past that, I don't think there's any okay. functional I mean I remember for a while there when I was chair of BZA, I was calling people commissioners and I don't know why. I just was. And then one day I realized, wait a minute, that's not correct. You know? Okay.
0: So once it's established in the resolution ordinance, it just sort of follows
5: through. If, if, yeah. If they use that term there in that you know, mm-hmm. in that, that, that genesis, you know, then okay. there it is. There's its name. Okay. There's probably some
8: deep history rooted in these. Where do they all come from? Uh You know, there's uh, Mm -hmm. nationally. I mean, I've worked with aldermanic councils, you know, Mm -hmm. so there is a a rich history probably where all these things, these words come from in our language, but I, I don't think we've probably treated them.
0: All right. So we don't have to worry about what we're calling it, essentially. Okay. I just want to make sure.
1: I was thinking at the last meeting we had, we, there was a comment about that boards typically have some, some authority where the committees did not,
3: hmm.
1: if, if um, I was remembering.
7: David Smith, yeah, I, I remember that also somebody, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Stan, who's not here, so I shouldn't speak for him. But, right. Uh, that that um, commissions can only make recommendations, whereas boards have some amount of approval power right. without specific Without it going on the consent agenda, essentially, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that some, somebody somebody mentioned. But I would, it would be interesting to go th- look through and, and check on that mm-hmm. um, to see if that actually pans out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So we should just be mindful of that when we decide what to call these.
8: Mm-hmm. Tony was Tony's not able to be with us tonight. That would probably be a good thing for her to research and make sure there's no okay. s- legal bind to that.
4: Mm-hmm. I th- I think. So- two, the um the difference between the policy board and the operating boards, I think is absolutely crucial mm-hmm. and and to new board members that has to be clear. because like when I was appointed to, on the Parks and Rec board, I can't believe how long. I mean I had we actually had to write to the city attorney to say, who are we actually advising? are we advising the staff or are we advising the city commission? And you know, it was sort of by implication, you're advising the city commission, but it's kind of weird because we never have any contact with the city commission. Right. But then I saw how different ways. And but That
5: was anyway. part of our discussion last time. It came up where we have some bodies out there that have sort of run past their mandate and they're still yeah. out there chugging away and there's some dissatisfaction among staff and the members, because what do we do? Well, then you have those that like say statutory BZA, Planning Commission, they know what they're gonna do. I mean, they sit down mm-hmm. and they know exactly, they know the four corners of what they're gonna do yeah. in that particular meeting. So that's a big, that's a big deal, for sure.
4: I, I think you know this business about um, who are we advising and who is the staff liaison, and the role of the staff liaison. I mean, those things are very clear in print. But in practice, I don't know. I mean, I'm just talking with limited experience, but nevertheless.
0: But it sounded like from your last discussion that everybody here was intrigued by the idea of actually having an operational type of advisory board versus a policy board. So I'm wondering if there's further discussion. I mean, is that something that, is that a model we want to go forward with
3: Mm -hmm.
0: of policy boards and operational boards? Or we need we probably need a little bit more discussion on what that entails um, and maybe have some examples of what these operationals.
5: This is the way I was thinking of it as we were talking about it and everybody else, you can tell me if I was wrong, but it not only did it seem Functionally, like it would work, where staff could could empanel uh, folks, maybe subject matter experts, whatever they need, interact with them, get the information they need, and then you know, then move on, and you know, you talk to the electeds or whatever you need to do. Or, but it also served a great purpose because it serves as you know, when you take whatever recommendations we take. At the end of this particular board or committee or whatever we are <laughs> before the electeds, they're going to ask you, "What do we, what do we do with all of these entities that are sitting out here? You know, how do we explain this to ourselves?" And there it is. Like we aren't really going to lose that capacity; we still retain it on an as-needed basis, but with staff. I felt like it, it was really, it just, it seemed organic you know we'd we'd still want to be able to access this community participation and involvement of subject matter experts and whatever but we're going to do it in a more accessible and in a more nimble form that's the way that's how it struck me and that's why i really jumped Said i really like that but that was just me personally
0: there was some concern brought up about making sure that uh that was accessible to the public, the sort of optics of that situation, um, where you could imagine somebody saying, Well, that's just staff appointing somebody to, to give them a yes. And so there was a little bit of discussion about how that, how, how we could make sure that that wasn't the impression or the optics um, for something like that. Um, were concerns about that? Should we discuss a little bit more? how that would work. Well, let's, let's step back and go the operation. Let's go back to the operational advisory. Advisory body, whatever are calling it. Advisory body. So other thoughts on the that advisory body. There was the concern about making sure it wasn't just I think I brought yes that up, but it then, was just
1: more of a discussion okay. point. Okay. Um, and I think Craig brought up the example of the sustainability advisory mm-hmm. board of how long that progressed through, and that might have been something that could have been worked on at the staff level, and we still have transparency, we still have accountability, because ultimately staff has to bring that to the city commission, at city commission meetings. So, um, it was more just kind of discussion, playing devil's advocate a little bit of how do we ensure that we are speaking to accountability and transparency in the process, but um, I think this still ultimately flows through the city commission, and I, and I do think some things we end up in the moment feel like it this needs its own committee it needs its own board but really it probably can be done at the staff level um, and working through it before it even gets to that point
7: yeah I could definitely see it being the, the case where you know there would be a bar that would be reached where you know this say staff could say we w- we want some amount of community input on on this let's convene a, um, a body to do that as an operational advisory board and then uh, maybe once a certain level of engagement or amount of time, some, some sort of measure had been reached, it could be, you know, become obvious like this is maybe we need to take this and and expand it or, um, you know, takes the next level. But it, it's really, I think it would be nice as a tool in the toolbox for the city to be able to convene those um, on staff discretion to get input. Points.
0: So the, I have a question about, because in in the, in reading through this, this is one of the, an, oper, an operational advisory board would still have, as I read this, a four-year term. But sort of, kind of part of this conversation sounds like it might be, why four years? I mean, for, for an operational advisory board, you might not need it for four years. It sounds sometimes, it sounds like a little bit like a
2: task force, so. Mm-hmm. And just if I may, yeah, this is just sort of kind of uh-huh. some things we pulled from other cities, uh-huh. what for you all to discuss and mm-hmm. decide and and give input on, and things that we think you know would support that. Um, I don't don't know if we're kind of moved on to the procedures, which is fine if we are. But that some of that is in um, in the establishment, mm-hmm. kind of how you how you outline that um, in terms of. A, the cities that we looked at, like Corvallis, how they handle it is they, they have their policy boards. And then they, and I think we talked about this at the last meeting, they just specifically say that the city manager can establish these operational boards and um, sort of how that would happen, you know, you have to have um, an administrative policy mm-hmm. that, that, that mirrors sort of the policy set out mm-hmm. in code mm-hmm. for the policy boards. So most of what's in there would not necessarily pl- apply directly to the operational boards, but it really depends up on how you want to set mm-hmm. that up. So would an
0: operational board be something, I'd, were people throwing, I didn't hear too many examples, would some of these, the finance types of things, would that be an operational board or a policy board? These, the, some of the, like the, the tax incentives and the alcohol policy funds and
1: those sort of things? See, I I would envision... what sort of things would come under that? I would envision everything that we're kind of trying to, that is not everything, but the majority of things that we've kind of found an outcome for within our strategic plan would be a policy, part of a policy board. Um, Could be its own policy board or could be part of a policy board, a a larger policy board that encompasses all these. But like, Identifying and working through the implementation of a new finance system—something like that—would really doesn't need to go through a policy advisory board. That really can just go. Could be a task force that that city staff puts together, or it could be part of an established operational board that that, they, that we do have that work that does work through those processes. But a new finance system doesn't need to have a policy advisory board. Uh, stamp of approval for it to to get implemented I think that's kind of how i was thinking of the difference i don't know if that's correct or not
0: so mo- you're th- saying that most of these would be policies
1: the the ones that we've kind of lined out a lot of times but the, i think so we, do we kind of talked about like the the ones where we couldn't find an outcome for that was really more of a commitment that maybe that is part of an operational Advisory board. But that's just my recollection. Yeah, what do of
0: other people think in terms of? Can what are some maybe examples of some of the things we're working with that would be operational? It would be on an operational board versus a policy board.
1: I would. I would say sales tax audit committee absolutely is because there is no action that's being taken. That's we're receiving a, a report mm-hmm. from Jeremy that says here's here's how we spent the money here was the sales tax that we were using, and mm-hmm. you know that can go to an advisory board to ensure, or operational board to ensure that we're spending it appropriately, and that report obviously goes to the city commission review and, and approval, but I don't, I don't know that that by itself needs its own advisory committee
3: policy. Well wait, policy. Oper- it would well, be, you're right, thinking it's an but, operational.
1: But, right, but right now it would be, consi- right now it's its own policy mm-hmm. advisory board, mm-hmm. and I don't think it needs to be that. Okay. Um, Mm-hmm. I think that could fall under an operational.
4: This bu- this bu- the next to last bullet point on operational boards that seems to me to be a critical distinction.
9: Which which the
4: next to last bullet point on operational boards serve as technical advisors that's not the <laughs> kind of boards that I think about. I mean to be a technical advisor you need to have technical technical background. Mm -hmm. So I mean like Parks and Rec, it's not like you know, or health department, I'm not a I don't I don't I don't why do you need technical advisors?
1: Well I mean if someone was trying to help implement the finance a new finance software they they would probably need to have some techno device of
4: I'd hire a consultant. Yeah. (laughs) Fair. I mean if um,
3: sorry, I mean to cut you off. It's all
4: right. I'm I don't, I'm mediated. trying to think of the where you would need a technical
9: oh, nebulous.
4: I mean, what I don't know. Yeah,
9: I of course looking from the road. <laughs> I kind of think of an operational board and the technical advisor. I'm just going to give a scenario. And, okay, so you've got your sustainability board. Now, the, the policy is clearly stated. There's, I mean, but let's say you want to talk about the recycling effort of the city, okay? And you want to find out, is this $19 we're charging every household every month to recycle, which is my water bill, my utility bill is $65. $19 of it is for that cart that goes out to the curb. Now, if you want to advance that policy in its operation, you would have technical people that tell you, "Okay, we're putting this many pounds out to ham quarry and it costs this many dollars. And how much is actually going to a recycling center far away and how much of it is getting bailed and then later getting landfilled because there's no market for it. And that's a very technical question that's going to vary from time to time as markets change and costs change. So the sustainability board, you might consider an operational board because people, the staff or city manager, even the commission could request information to advance the policy which is already defined because it's part of the strategic plan. But the whole thing is technical.
4: Yeah, but I know. But why don't you just hire some people? <laughs> I mean, why don't you why don't you ask Charlie Sedlock? I mean, he you know, I don't get that. I mean, I don't want to. I, I I I'm very sensitive about. Um, about imposing on staff discretion, I want what, I want them to have contacts around the country. I want them to go to conferences. I want them to have the widest view of things, and that's their responsibility. I don't. Where would how would you use a technical a technical Technical, who would be technical advisors? I mean, says people in the community who work in sustainability?
9: I think you would need sleuths. People who are good at finding things out when questions are asked of them. Well,
4: uh. Uh,
8: well I mean, we do have, uh, I think, was it? which was the city that was using operational boards
2: Corvallis
8: Corvallis um, and I I, it, I didn't look at that recently to know what they outlined I could imagine there be times like um, developing revenue forecasts and budgets There's some some resources um, at the university, for instance, that I would love to have if they would come and help.
4: Well, that's an ad hoc thing, though. Yeah. Well, but
8: it's an annual thing, too. You know? Um, Yeah. Why wouldn't you
4: just call GFOA? Well... (laughs) Government Finance Officers Association. Yeah.
8: On how to put the budget together, I agree, but there could be insights that would be useful. There could be... uh, Anyway, I, I don't... When nothing comes directly to mind. I would say that some of these things we've had a long, a lot of policy boards have done a lot of work on technical advising of bike lanes, the way that we're going to lay out pedestrian um, traffic controls, those sorts of things. We've seen a lot of. That's to me, that's a lot of technical work, but it's being done by policy boards. So I could see those things. Now they do develop policies eventually, but uh, those could probably be more like operating procedures and rules in some respects. But I'd say some of that's what I would would come to mind when you say technical advisory boards. And. you know there's there's probably you know as we see there's lots of different ways to do this and what's right for this city
0: Um, and I'm wondering if that if an uh, advice make sure I have my language right an operational advisory board necessarily means it's technical I mean it can involve technical people um, technical advice but not necessarily so I'm thinking of the suggestion of the tax advisory was the proper? Uh, what it, The sales tax audit committee? Whatever one, the one you're on. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's still operational, but you might not be a tax accountant or. Mm-hmm.
4: Um, well, you could take it, away yeah. that, you could eliminate that service technical advisors yeah. and say service sounding board for city operations.
0: So it would still be organizational in the sense of how how I I come back to these financial committees um, because that seems to me, for some reason, sounds operational to me. Um, How is the city going to spend its money? It's not really a policy. The city has these policies. They spend this money. But how best to include the community in advising the city to do that? So that kind of sounds operational to me. But you all might not be tax accountants. Uh, or financial people. As so
4: who's people. technically competent to do that?
0: Well, I don't think they need to be technically competent. What well, says people technical in technical
5: advisors?
0: Well, I'm th- I'm suggesting that maybe that n- that might not be necessary.
5: It's not being used as a term of art. There, it's just a term, right? If it's a term of art, then it means something. And it does say and or sounding board for city operations,
1: so it's not specific to just technical advisors. We're giving ourselves an option of one or the other. It doesn't have to be both.
0: Is there, there's plenty of people in the city that says, okay, here's down to the cents what we can spend, and we just want some advice on spending it.
1: I can see having the... And travis has said this last time giving a little bit of uh, flexibility to a, to, s- to staff to do things in a nimble and efficient way so if there is an operational board maybe there is a situation where they don't have the technical expertise to do that but that board can say let's form a task force let's get technical individuals involved and maybe it's not people donating their time, but maybe in that situation, that board says, hey, we need a consultant. Let's just bring a consultant in. We'll oversee the process. And it's, it's stuck at the operational level as opposed to having a policy advisory board trying to manage that process as well.
4: Okay, well, um, I'll back away from it. I mean, I just... You know if there's not a lot of sympathy for it then you know you guys are fine
0: well this is I mean we're just starting out with these words yeah. I mean it'll be words okay yeah I'm I just sure
4: you know on I just remember point, so. being, on, being yeah. on the City Commission and the last thing I was we so frustrated when city commissioners act as experts <laughs> <laughs> give me a break will you mm-hmm. you're not a traffic engineer <laughs> why are you talking about whether we need a stop sign here or not. That's the traffic engineer.
0: And I think this can be wordsmith to reflect that okay. so that it's not just technical advisors. That right from these operational Yeah and I think
1: to your point of not of not handcuffing staff, I think this does the opposite. I think this gives staff a little bit more leash to kind of do what they need to do to mm-hmm. continue to move policy and and operations. So maybe forward.
4: like a sounding board type right. thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay.
0: Um, other comments on uh, well, we'll uh, as, at some point I imagine we'll get if we if we agree that one of the recommendations we can make is we're going to have this entity, these operational advisory bodies, we might get to the point where we start saying okay, well, this particular board and commission that currently exists fits in that category or does not, mm-hmm. or um, so with the policy advisory boards then. Um, it's been suggested that most of these fall into. So if we look at those, I mean, do do we think that they do all their out their purpose, getting back to the purpose statements, fit under policies, determining policies for the city. I mean, do we see any that maybe are not acting that way?
7: Yeah, Ms. Smith, I mean, we've talked a lot about the operational versus policy and sort of where that lies. And for me, and it's been touched on a little bit, it's really about whether or not the the work of uh, the body is going to push potentially, I mean, not necessarily, but potentially push the city to reorient a little bit in one direction or another, um, influence the direction things are going versus is it just maintenance or maintaining, you know, and with, like, the sales tax audit committee I don't think that their work is ever going to necessarily lead the city to you know change course on, on how, how it's functioning um, and I think there's a couple others that could mayb- maybe and again we've talked about these these bodies a decent amount um, and but I, I'm still not an expert on them but uh, I mean if, if the bodywork advisory board from my understanding it's largely kind of a, a regulatory an oversight board So they they exist so that folks who are doing that work can apply, and they provide an amount of oversight, guaranteeing that those people are are operating within expectations of practitioners of (coughs) bodywork in the city. So I don't know if they would really, to me, and maybe this isn't true, but to me it doesn't seem like they would necessarily be pushing the city in any new directions as far as how that work is done, just providing oversight, which. Doesn't, I'm not saying it automatically makes them an operational board, but I think that it, that's kind of how I'm thinking about the distinction between policy versus sort of procedural operational
6: Hannah Ballard, this might be helpful in just framing the conversation around operational boards and the technical piece. So something we're thinking about for the community engagement commitment, and this is very much modeled on what Boulder has, is called a community connectors program. And they have eight people who apply to be community connectors, and they are charged with helping uh, the community engagement program co-create community engagement strategies for various projects. And the community connectors are assigned out to specific projects. So I think there's a Parks and Rec master plan update. They assign two community connectors to that project to help them co-create their community engagement strategies. They assign, you know, two community connectors to the Affordable Housing Strategic Plan, help them think about and do community engagement in an intentional way, and potentially based on the community engagement that grows out of the community connectors program, it could change the direction of the city in some ways, right, because we want to listen and act on the feedback we receive. So I just put that example out there as something to consider and think about as you talk about operational boards. It might not just be sales tax audits it could be something a little bit more community focused so maybe a, something I can see a
0: crossover um, between policy and operational something like the multimodal Transportation Commission where you have a lot of operational stuff going on it's just where where should the where should the next bike lane be um, that kind of thing versus we really need to find ways to connect our public transportation to an emphasize public transportation and get people out of their cars, sort of more of a policy thing. Mm-hmm. So I see that as sort of, so at how you parse that when you have a board or commission like that, that probably has two roles. Maybe the connector mm-hmm. is, is part of that, trying to? Mm-hmm. figured that, but I could see there's some high-level policies with multimodal transportation um, in terms mm-hmm. of the city direction. But there's also where's the next bike line going to go? So you mentioned, Craig, that there were these subcommittees within or task forces within <coughs> the, 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 uh, the tri- multimodal <coughs> transportation. Um, is there a model maybe for having a high-level policy discussion at the level of the commission? <coughs> But then their various task forces <coughs> subcommittees whatever we will call them to be more operational and, informed. Mm. and then you have the city commission appointing one as i understand this outline here and then the staff appointing on something else
8: yeah again these are just starting <laughs> Pulling in some of the examples that we've looked at other places, uh, we need to make this what functions well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'd also say we're not ba- we're not bound to what we have right now. So we keep going back to the same ones that are in existence now. Maybe we need completely different ones. So that, I'm not sure that responds to directly to what you're saying, but the um, we're trying brings up a good one. You. We're we're trying to. Bring people in to co-create with us it's their community and instead of being <coughs> the experts deliver service it's we're working together with you to do this work for the city so that it is a, it is a bit of a paradigm in the <coughs> operational delivery that it was just starting I mean really is so I think we envision that we will figure out ways to bring people in that are interested that have skill sets and interests uh, to help us connect with the, the city a little bit better rather than your only point is either come to one of these boards and commissions that has a very specific purpose that's been traditional or come for three minutes at the City Commission meeting on Tuesday nights and we think that there that engagement can be better served that way. So that, that's what we're trying to figure out with this operational. There's something there, we think.
4: We're trying to move out of the archeological world.
5: <laughs> and there's, and just, it occurs to me, you know, there's two things going on there is staff wanting to engage with interested citizens regarding you know, whatever and getting some, you know, some fresh ideas in the room and everything, but also it's, it's useful for, for flushing out landmines yeah, I was like, well, we didn't think of that. So like, we didn't realize, oh, yeah, that's an issue, isn't it? Okay, because that's always the big deal is you want that landmine to be detected before Tuesday night at the commission meeting when somebody is really upset about it. So like, you really do want to find it at that, that, you know, that, that level so you can start working the issue you know early. And I think that's a good way to, to find those as well, just that, that direct link with the community, you know.
8: Yeah, another one that just keeps coming to mind, because I live in the neighborhood, but there was a lot of work put into the the traffic calming work in Old West Lawrence, and that was a lot of technical staff stuff, even consultants coming in, but it was enriched and made much better (coughs) through the... Iterative process of engagement with the neighbors that are there that had great passions, a great diverse passions about what should or shouldn't happen. If we wouldn't have done that, we could have said, This is safe, it meets the technical definitions. There you go. It is slowed traffic. We can demonstrate it is slow traffic. You cannot go from this street to this street, much slower, lower traffic volumes. But it wouldn't have negotiated those value conflicts that also can be in a safe way designed and implemented. So that model keeps coming to mind, too, of that didn't necessarily need to be something that the city commission was going to adopt a policy on. But it was the implementation
5: of good, technically correct practices in a way that worked with the neighborhood. Yeah, and then downstream I can speak to that because then, you know, folks in Old West Lawrence would come to the association of neighborhoods meetings and they were really happy with the outcomes. They spoke, you know, they were appreciative of the outcomes. They liked the flow, how they got there working with staff and then all in on downstream to your point about connectors is now you have, you know, some people there that the next time you want to do something like that in a neighborhood, you could actually loop one of those people that were in that original project, and you could, you know, ask them if they want to be in the room while we help this next neighborhood take this this journey. Yeah. And I think they would be really, there would be great <coughs> insights and institutional knowledge there to supplement you know, what staff is doing. So I mean, there was there was potentially a lot of synergistic effects just from that one endeavor.
0: Mm-hmm. So, did that happen through the staff having public meetings? Was that in front of the multimodal? I mean, was it in front of a board or commission that a lot of this got talked out? I mean, yes, nodding to both.
8: Yes, okay. it, it was. Okay. There were lots of pieces to it. There were okay. groups that would roam around the neighborhood in packs, you know, talking and looking. And um, there were there were long meetings. There were neighborhood meetings that I don't think involved staff that were trying to reconcile you know, interests. Uh, So I think all of those are a really, a really good city Mm -hmm. designs and, and figures out how to do that and makes that a formal way of this is just how we do things here, so.
0: So how would that fit into that sort of model, that sort of operation that was successful fit with what we've got listed here in terms of, structuring these boards and commissions? I mean, what would that look like?
4: I think that's outside of the realm of boards and commissions.
0: Well, I mean, but if it, if it was brought before the Multimodal Commission, if it was brought before some form of Transportation Commission, oh. that was a piece of it. So you had all this going on on the ground. As I understand it, correct me, if you yeah. had all this stuff going on on the ground, meetings happening, staff putting together public meetings, but eventually it happened, there was a discussion before some board before the city commission, Did I, do I have that right?
5: How was did that it? thing get going, Large. like with the, the traffic comment in Old we, West Lawrence? Well, the consultants, engage, it, was, it was part of this it consultant's consultant, uh,
8: work that was to engage mm-hmm. the public in this work, mm-hmm. but I think multimodal was, I think it was multimodal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Was, okay. was the group that have officially
5: kind of said, yeah, this is what's mm-hmm. gonna happen okay so we're skipping a couple steps we're skipping Mm -hmm. the consultant we're skipping multimodal getting straight to we think we've identified some need in this case traffic calming in a neighborhood staff reaches out to some interested people even people that have been through the process previously for their insights and then we get going yeah it works to me you've already cut two steps out of the process brought people into the room that have direct experience with that sort of thing I mean, this is, and the concept really, really appeals to me, and it really works. And But sometimes it'll fall on its face, because you know, sometimes you won't be able to get anybody interested. But other times, it'll really work.
0: So what are you saying about the role of the existing commission in that? Was it necessary?
5: If staff... Because one of the things that's going to happen here is st- stuff that has been, you know, however, delegated out... These boards and committees or whatever is going to return to staff. They're going to start carrying this water. But you know, we're acknowledging that we still want the community involved in these decisions and whatnot. And staff, this is Lawrence, and this is we have got a good problem here. Staff wants to be involved with citizens, and this is a good way to bring them into the process. Yeah. I-
6: This is Hannah Ballard. I would add in about, Old West Lawrence, I don't want to detract from anything Craig said. Our staff did amazing work on that. The neighborhood was so engaged and really showed up. I maybe from a process standpoint wouldn't hold that up as as the model of what we want to do going forward. It wasn't necessarily proactive community engagement as much as we were responding to what we heard. And going forward, we would much rather identify these stakeholders early, bring them into the conversation early, and make sure that we don't, um, you know, that they're at the table and that they're a part of that conversation right from the outset so I was just acknowledging that y'all were asking questions about that process and we can share that information but I would just say not exactly the model we want to follow going forward even though everyone did incredible work on that project and it was a great outcome
8: do you want to talk just a little bit about the meeting I'm getting ahead of you know we're, we're over promising under delivering Green probably but the <laughs> CIP conversation oh. you had with the engineering staff
6: yeah yeah absolutely um, two weeks ago we are um, Community engagement commitment got together with municipal services and operations, their, their engineers and their project managers, all of whom now are IEP2 trained, which is the International Association of Public Participation. It's a pretty rigorous training. There are two levels in. Um, and we sat around a table for two hours and went project by project through the capital improvement plan. So looking at everything from the Jayhawk watershed, right, to I'm trying to think of some other projects that were on there. I don't know, some other infrastructure projects. There's a lot. And over those two hours, they were really willing to look at the scope of each project and try to think about what the appropriate level of community engagement was for that project so iap2 has a spectrum that i provided during the first meeting it starts with involve there are five total steps all the way up to empower which is allowing someone to vote on something we don't do that very often but it was really so heartening to see these engineers sit around this table and and dig into, you know, how they can bring the community along on the journey of every project, right? And how we can make sure people have the information they need. and. Uh and are helping us co-create solutions. And so uh, that is really a model of a process, of a decision-making process, that we are actively building internal capacity for at this city. And that's what we want to see more of. So yeah, I, I would hold that up as an exemplar uh, process that is that is underway as I speak. And that might,
8: that might involve, Uh, an advisory board a task force a project committee of stakeholders in the affected group sometimes it's residents sometimes it might not be residents sometimes it might be businesses and uh, so I think this is opening the door for we are expected to but our plan is to do that more often whereas what you have right now is the projects about ready to get approved by the City Commission it's already been designed we've spent Sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars in design, and it's months along. And now a resident found out about it, mm-hmm. and they're going to show up Tuesday night, yep. and they're going to say, you know, that you can't do this. Did you know that this, you know, cuts my tree down? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not right, you know. And so, well, wait a minute. We, maybe we should talk about that. No, we're going to go ahead anyway. Well, why'd you do that? You know. So, we th- we think this process, in, incorporates it in an early stage, gets the right people in at the right times so that real change can be made in the proce- process. These are technical projects, but Ooh. we're seeing that uh, boards and commissions are getting the work now, but probably
5: at the wrong times. Well, I remember, you know, yeah, like, man, you can't cut down this tree, but but more substantively, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that, <laughs> I can remember being... At BZA one time, and there was something before us, and a community member came in and talked about, well, "Did you know there's a gigantic gas main running right under there?" It's like what? It's <laughs> like wait, what? What gigantic gas main running right under there, <laughs> where you want to start doing, you know, get a variance and start doing construction? It's like I think you would flush. Sometimes there's. Things more than trees yeah. dwelling sure. in the weeds, you know what I mean? And apparently staff went and vetted that and there was a gigantic gas main running right through, you know, the corner of this property, which completely changed the landscape of the whole issue. But yeah, I mean if you can find that out early, then you can work all that stuff out to everybody's satisfaction and save a lot of time, a lot of resources.
0: That kind of sounds like forming these well, in the realm of task forces for specific projects and operate these operational bodies we've been talking about, where they're a little bit more nimble, they do all this work um, before it gets to the city or county or city commission. Uh, So I guess what I'm wondering is where the policy advisory boards are are living in this in this world if all this work would be done as an example with the CIP under possibly task forces and operationals I mean where is it where we really need a public forum and advisory board and Commission to advise the city like where where is that operating? At what level are those boards operating? Mm-hmm. Um, and to pick an example, uh, Human Resources Commission, Cultural Arts Commission, maybe some examples where it's more advising the direction of the city. And some people who are serving on those committees could speak uh, far better than I can of these. Um, this sort of higher level, and how are they going to act? I mean, is it just going to be people come before the committee, like they come before the planning commission and just speak their mind at this high level, and then the the commission then advises the city commission? I mean, so because this is a whole different operation and a lot of grassroots operation, whereas some of these <coughs> policy boards, if they're up here, how are they going to operate? To advise the commission, and what sorts of topics and issues are they going to operate?
4: Well, um, when it came in Parks and Rec, you know, we had this decision about admission fees Mm -hmm. to the um, to the uh, rec centers, and I think uh, a systematic engagement, you know, an IP2 type engagement would have really uh, been useful in legitimizing whatever public opinion there there was. I mean, we ended up doing a good job, I think. But nevertheless, you know, it was like you said, it was the public comment at the, there were a lot of people came in. I would have much, much preferred a more organized way of gathering public input. And working through some of the issues. I mean, that's the that's the thing too. I mean, when you get out, of, I mean, this spectrum. There's this spectrum, and so, you know, we're being. One of them is is it goes beyond informing the public in a public meeting. It goes, you know, talking about well, we're consulting you, versus we're empowering you. I mean, they're different, mm-hmm. different. Ways of looking at that, and I think that would have really helped it you know the process would have helped,
6: yeah, Hannah Ballard, I couldn't agree more mm-hmm. um and yeah we we i think we're That one fell down Is you know, we're building our internal capacity for this work, so we're still learning a lot about how to do it. And also, um, it takes a long time to do it well, and that's something we're learning as a staff, too, about how to build in appropriate amounts of time to co-create solutions with our community, because it's worth Mm -hmm. it, but it just, it's resource intensive. And so, yeah, your point is well taken, John. I appreciate you making it.
0: So what what does that mean for a policy board? What does that look like?
5: Well, following up on what, Dr. Nalbandian was just saying is it and tell me if I'm wrong but in that case you know I would, I would imagine Parks and Rec is going to keep on going despite what we do here just you know it is what it is but the thing is is in that in the in the instance of hey we're thinking about charging fees to access rec centers around town so First, we we paraphrase that old Supreme Court saying where it's like, I can't explain it to you, but I know it when I see it. Well, I think staff would have said, yeah, that one's going to be a hot button one. And you could have formed one of these operational advisory boards. And, you know, you tell the Parks and Rec Board, you know, we're going to form this operational advisory board just to get, to just go out into the community and flesh out some, some ideas and some reactions and whatnot before we come to you. And where this you know where the rubber meets the road and we really start talking about whether we're going to do this or not I mean these two things even where parks and rec you know remains one of these you know boards even after this process staff can still use these policy advisory boards to assist that board and the staffers. Yes. Yeah. you know I mean there's they can they can exist in the same space and very synergistically you know and avoid what Dr. Nelbanding was talking about is a room full of people very concerned at a parks and rec meeting you know, for the first time getting heard on these yeah. issues
0: so that's as you describe it it's sort of like a last step before I mean all this work comes up and they come before the parks and rec board for the final recommendation yeah. to the city commission it's one more public forum one more Well batting around of
8: really broadly I've always seen it as there's there's any of these are right decisions, technically correct decisions. What's the right one for this community? That's a great place for the staff not to be the ones making the decision if we don't have to. These these are these are all okay choices. So you know, I see it as things like going staying with parks and recreation. Well, There are people that probably would say, I don't want a golf course, I just want a skate park. And if you ask them, and they were making the decision, they'd say, don't spend any money on a golf course, do it on this. And there's probably people that do the complete opposite. How do we, what's the right balance? I think those balancing things, those are probably good policy decisions. That's for resource application. But I think there's also, you know is it okay to have off-leash dog parks or not and how many times there's there's rule setting some of those things I think are probably what's right for our community um, so those are you know just generally and you all do the work and your your boards you have good examples probably from the work that you do of what's a policy decision again the, the ones that are easy are the statutory ones that said yep yeah. you're always going to make that decision but yeah. the, even those are really they're done they're given to you mm-hmm. because it, it is appropriate for staff to make the technically mm-hmm. right answer. A bunch of neighbors disagree and you need to be the ones that decide that amongst yourselves.
0: Do you think it's possible to just take that that thought right there in terms of what the policy, a policy board would be doing and take a look at what, I mean in a very broad sense, what types of decisions need to be made for this city. I mean, rather than going, I mean, we, one way to do it is just go through our list and say, yeah, that one counts, that one counts, that one counts, um, at doing that. Or thinking, OK, what types of decisions um, are those decisions that are what's right for our community type of decisions? If I can garble my sentences.
7: D.L.B. Smith, I mean, to me, I feel yeah. like it's, it's gonna have to be mm-hmm. just kind of like the work of all boards of commissions. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have to ultimately be mm-hmm. relatively issue by issue. Mm-hmm. I think having some mm-hmm. standard, a, a range of standard procedures mm-hmm. is, is nice, including operational boards, task forces, and also policy boards. So something could come up like Parks and Rec fees. And somebody, I think, pretty quickly could make a call that this is something the Park and Board is going to need to have input on, but also mm-hmm. this is going to be a, a hot button issue mm-hmm. where we should probably mm-hmm. go ahead and maybe let the Park and Board know this is something we want to explore and we're going to convene mm-hmm. some of those um, community mm-hmm. input mm-hmm. groups at that sort of elevated mm-hmm. level. Because uh, I certainly know, for, for me, on the Cultural Arts Commission, there's all sorts of stuff we do that it would be completely inappropriate to convene an an external group of community members. Um, It's really like issue by issue. And I think the context, larger context, is is really what policy boards provide. Because for us, you know, we might look at a mural and then a a proposal and all these different things, the Cultural Mm -hmm. Arts Commission. um, And for us, really, it's all about this larger context of how how we feel like people value uh, and want to see cultural arts mm-hmm. in lawrence um so i think weaving that tapestry of all those different things and i'm sure parks and rec is very similar with with all of those um sorts of things i think the context the larger context and thinking of the entire vision of how our community embraces that uh, uh, whatever it is 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 what the policy boards are really sort of trying to piece mm-hmm. together less and and while there might be certain projects or certain issues that are something that would need to be drilled down on. Um that could be sort of an issue by issue um sort Mm -hmm. of exception Mm -hmm. to the normal operating procedure. That's kinda how I'm imagining it. Mm -hmm. I certainly don't yeah, I don't think we need we we would want to have every mural proposal have a (laughs) have a an outside no listening Uh group or whatever. Mm
0: But what you just said about knowing when something comes up before knowing with this with a document like this that says that we can say right away, oh, that's going to be under this process. That's going to be a policy decision. That's going to be an operational board. That's going to be a tax force. To come up with at least an outline so that it's easy for the city to identify.
5: Easy, no. But you can you can lay out some 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 thoughts, right. some aspirational guidelines, mm-hmm. you know, if implicates mm-hmm. these, this, this, or this, mm-hmm. you should think about, mm-hmm. you know, you should think about an operational mm-hmm. advisory board. You could do that, but still it's, it's case by case for sure. And I would think that, I would think that staff, once staff gets used to the idea of one,
3: mm-hmm.
5: that these operational advisory boards can be a thing and to yeah, kind of factoring in the lead time to use them. I would think that Craig might be dealing with a new problem <laughs> which is a lot of operational advisory boards <laughs> you know, being floated.
8: Well, and and uh, Hannah's right, you do the work in the front end instead of the back end and it right. works a lot better. Mm-hmm. So
6: yeah. And you do it throughout the process sure. as mm-hmm. well. Not just once, mm-hmm. but you, mm-hmm. you em- employ a variety of techniques mm-hmm. over the course of the life cycle of a project mm-hmm. so that when you arrive at the decision mm-hmm. moment, you've co-created mm-hmm. it. So part of our task then is then, I mean, in terms of going
0: forward, suggestions, please, in terms of which uh we can look at it as which of these things, that, bodies that are before us, do they ff- do they seem to lean to one or the other? like sort of an operational sort of thing? Or do they rise to the level of, yes, there's a role for an advisory board. Um, And we can go through the existing ones. We can come up with new ones where there are gaps. I mean, what do you think might be the best way to try to tackle that really big question? No matter
5: what we do, what I would love, you can say no, but what I would love is an anonymous poll of staff. (laughs) <laughs> if they would tell us which one of these they think are right for being, you know, reshaped into a, a an as needed operational advisory board. I, I really, really given that we found some interesting things from the staff survey that came back to us, you know, staff said these people fight, these people they don't have any purpose. I dread going to this meeting. There was some really juicy sound bites there from that survey i really want to hear from them you know in an anonymous fashion you know what, what do they think of this you know because they're their tip of the spear they're the liaisons with these things but yet you know we i think we have a valid voice too we're here to talk to speak for the community you know,
7: you know smith i would i would certainly be interested in seeing some, some anonymous staff survey results but at the same time I feel like there's a, a decent chance that some of the boards where the staff liaisons have a have a, a worse time. I'm not gonna say a bad time but have a worse time might that might be symptomatic not necessarily of the board's function being unnecessary, but that the board itself isn't necessarily cohesive in, in their mission and maybe some of the training and some of that stuff right. that the, the board members go through. That could be where some of that friction is coming from. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's probably some boards out there, maybe in our city, but definitely in other places, where the actual function of the board is super important um, and the way the board operates is really painful and people can, people can dislike uh, serving at, in a staff position with the board for either of those, either of those separate reasons so I do still think it would be interesting to see I think it could definitely it could inform some of the decisions we make but I I think there are probably both of those things going on somewhere the board maybe is off the rails a little bit or maybe the 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 function of service would be better served by a different uh, body or maybe um, it's just not operating in the way that it should so.
0: so do you think it would be more fruitful to take this high level we're on with the policy boards and some of the, the committee's boards we're dealing with, um, and then go through sort of how the structure, because you mentioned the training and the terms, and the uh, mem- who can be a member, and how they're appointed, um, and, and then do that as the second step? Or do we want to take this document and sort of go through how they're structured before getting to the, I mean, where would people feel more comfortable dealing with um, coming up with sort of a, a, an initial, let's discuss these committees and what they look like, initial discussion, or go through how they would, whatever we come up with eventually be structured.
7: Dean B. Smith, I'm certainly interested in looking over some of the structural things. Okay. Sort of pointing out, because for me, in my dream world, yeah. where I can magically recreate all yeah. the boards in an instant, there's definitely some things that I feel like the existing boards—not not the nature of the boards or the fact that those boards mm-hmm. exist—but maybe some structurally, where I have questions, and I feel like things could be streamlined. Um, so I think looking at the sort of a little rubric of a uh, of structure, mm-hmm. and maybe I don't know if anybody else has looked through this and found little things where it's like that seems like an area where there could mm-hmm. be improvement or standardization, but. That sounds incredibly boring to
0: everybody. No. Well, other thoughts on, you know, what, what would be the first step and what would be this second step in my limited scenario here?
4: Well, have, uh, we, have, we already, have we already identified, have we already divided the boards into operational and policy? Oh, no, no. Well, it might be no. interesting... It's the operational boards is what's complicated to me. And might be interesting just to say, well, which of the boards that exist would qualify as operational boards?
0: OK, so that's two directions, two different directions. <laughs> um, <laughs> looking at the, the, how our existing boards and kind of just talking about what style they are, of cor- based on our high-level discussions, or going through the structure of what each would look like without identifying any anything that exists. What do you think would be most helpful for our discussions where we're eventually getting to? Would
5: you like to
0: go next? Nobody? OK. Would
5: you like to Here's go next? prerogative. And All talks. right.
0: OK. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll uh, here we go. I just want to make sure I, w- I want everybody to participate in, in this direction that we're going, because we're going right. to spend a lot of time with it. I, I,
1: Sometimes it's it's not an either or and it's an and both. So Mm -hmm. I always like to know where we're going Mm -hmm. before we even start. You know, like what is our true intention? Is what you had said earlier? What kind of decisions do Mm -hmm. we want these policy boards making? Mm -hmm. So in order to make sure that we know what kind of decisions Mm -hmm. they are making, Mm -hmm. we have to have an idea of what they are. And then if to know how what the procedures Mm -hmm. are and who's capable of participating on the boards, we kind of have to know what those boards are whether it's operational mm-hmm. or, or policy boards. So I, I, I have a hard time personally saying this person, the membership for this board would fit in that same criteria mm-hmm. if it's very technical, if it's planning commission, if it's, I don't know, I don't, I've never been on planning commission, mm-hmm. maybe there's some mm-hmm. experience necessary mm-hmm. on that where maybe um, a safe and secure oper- policy advisory board doesn't require as much technical expertise as, as one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I'd hate to create these generalization okay. and membership. I'm just
0: trying to give us a little. Yeah.
1: So it's, to me, I don't mm-hmm. want to necessarily mm-hmm. make all the decisions mm-hmm. of here's all the advisory boards. But if, if it's, we have a pretty strong idea that here's the decisions mm-hmm. that we want to be made. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going to inform what these policy boards are. Then we can kind of move forward with that's how are we going to actually operate these organizations, these boards, and
0: who's, who's, who do we want serving on those boards. Okay. Sherry has been dying to say something.
2: Well, I think that's always sort of one of the issues you run into when you create something like this to help yeah. you know, spur discussion is you know this is, this is something to think about and talk through. And maybe just sort of the formation of this might be helpful in terms of the direction that you all go. So again, Corvallis is one we really looked at. We looked at other cities too. And they have policy boards um, that are established by the commission. They then allow the city manager to create operational boards. So all of these standards apply to policy boards. City manager then would create an administrative policy Mm -hmm. that mirrors this for those boards. That's how they do it. Um, And I have theirs pulled up. I can give you examples of how they've used those operational boards. But there's, you know, it is difficult because depending on the boards you do, the, 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 you know, based on those things, it might be different on how you use that. They, they have their parks and rec as an operational board that would not, ne- may not work for us as a city like Craig said. So it really is flexible and up to and something you all have to, to consider. But really when we look about at, at advisory boards, that's sort of what the commission is going to set encode, code and codify and we're gonna have rules and procedures of operations for them. Um, when we met at our meeting, we gave, you know, kind of think outside the box. It doesn't just have to be committees, commissions, task forces, how we do that. We, we even touched briefly on what Hannah talked about uh, as connectors. Was not something we really talked about? So we didn't bring much information about, back about that. But there was some interest in operational boards. So sort of how that has functioned in other cities is what's laid out here if is that helpful yes okay <laughs>
0: So maybe going through this and looking at what how these different committees would be described and how they would function as you just said so their structure would help bring up a lot more questions I'm sure and then then we can start we can do this a little bit later with fitting those boards in to that the structure that we're going to look at
2: and, and so, so typically the, when operating codified, they li- mm-hmm. you would say what those policy mm-hmm. boards are, mm-hmm. and then they would all uh, have the same sort of general, general. rules, mm-hmm. but then there might be specific rules mm-hmm. like planning, commission, mm-hmm. or, or certain boards where they have a specific um, county appointee, mm-hmm. or um, we want someone from mm-hmm. a United Way, you know, mm-hmm. some t- that, that okay. would be specifically laid out generally operational Mm -hmm. boards are not laid out in code. But again, that's all at your discretion, Mm -hmm. but that just gives you sort of how this Mm -hmm. outline is to get you thinking about options. Okay, well then
0: that sounds like a good place to start, the operating rules and procedures, Um, just fleshing them out a little bit with this. Does anybody need a break? No? Okay. So operating rules and procedures for policy advisory boards and commissions. So we've talked a lot about we we all have, at least in mind now, sort of a general idea of what operational sort of means and what policy boards sort of mean. So we have the appointments, which seems pretty straightforward. Uh, Does anybody have any discussion points on who would be making the appointments for these various entities? So that seems pretty, pretty straightforward. What about membership?
7: Um, you e. know, B. Smith, is, mm-hmm. is there anything in, in here that I, I feel like the, the various uh sizes of the, the bodies is interesting to me mm-hmm. and not to. Literally go back to the thing we just talked about, not talking about. But <laughs> I, I feel like that. I feel like the different sizes of the boards is one of the things that started to make me kind of think a little bit about how the structure and um, it, the, the lack of uniformity. I I feel like that might sh- show some of the differences. I was surprised how small some are, and I feel like maybe some that are m- a little more operational might end up being a little bit smaller. Uh, there's nothing that says size. So I'm curious historically if anybody has any idea why Ahab is, is 13 versus, uh, um, you know, the Aviation Advisory Board being seven. I mean, obviously, in the, the ordinance or charter that created those bodies, but is, is there a, a rhyme or reason beyond trying to avoid accidentally having a quorum when you run into somebody at a, at a sandwich shop? or
2: uh, not that I am aware of. In some instances, it's because they wanted a certain representatives. So yeah. You know, some are very representative of certain mm-hmm. groups. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, you know, the contractors for, um, you know, three different types of contractors for the, um, the board is escaping mm-hmm. me, but the um, appeal board for um, building, codes. building codes. But in general, I think it's just whoever, whatever the commission mm-hmm. had in mind at the time.
0: So, so to that point, the membership and re- recruitment and how many members, is that something that has to be set at the outset? So at the end of this exercise here, that's something that has to be set is how many members will be in there? Or is that something? I don't know how that could be really discretionary at the f-
8: no, I, I, mean, I think your formation
0: you're, of the board—it has to be set, right?
8: Yeah, I think mm-hmm. your advice would be mm-hmm. useful. And if you notice something that's yeah. unusual. They're, they're, that's mm-hmm. that's part of your charge is to mm-hmm. develop a new system that works much better for the city. Mm-hmm. So, if there if there isn't any known reason why mm-hmm. something is 13 mm-hmm. versus five, I would also say that there's a ballot issue coming up. So we likely will have seven members up here, mm-hmm. and um, you see that's more of a central tendency. Mm-hmm. Um, here, so you maybe you'd prescribe to say seven, and that mm-hmm. could align with who people do. We'll have may have four different geographic mm-hmm. districts, maybe.
3: Okay.
0: So, when we come up with our list let's say, final list it would that uh, would include this particular board. It's going to have seven. This particular board is going to have ten. This particular board you is going to have five. That would be it. our advice.
8: Or you may standardize mm-hmm. it. I mean, it could be standard, it could well be, be standard. That would be a, a simpler thing. Okay. And if there's no real reason not to, then, okay. then
1: we all understand that's always how it is. Okay. Is there any research that mm-hmm. speaks to high high performing boards and the number of appointees to any of those boards? Again, I haven't found any. I haven't found any.
2: No, it's kind of all over the board. But, again, some cities that have done this restructuring, you know, stuck with some of the boards that they have, didn't change membership that much.
8: Somebody mentioned quorum. I mean, when you have three, you can't talk. Yep. Right. You get five, you can start to have conversations, seven, then a couple of different conversations without breaking quorum.
4: Craig, you had to um, propose a session for the ICMA conference on boards <laughs> and commissions.
8: Well... I was at the one last year on this subject. That's how I got these two. Oh, They were actually had a session. I said, this is perfect, because oh. I'm overdue in getting this going, too. Yeah.
4: Okay. I'm well, sorry, that- but I forget your name, but I would love to hear what you are just thinking about this whole thing.
9: Well, my name is Sherry Ellenbecker. Okay, Sherry. Sure. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we got the two Sherry's next to each other, so. (laughs) (laughs) To me, a lot of of it stems from the commissioners not having a personal staff to advise them on things. I have always thought (coughs) that each commissioner should have staff like a congressman or a senator has staff that comes and says here is what we found about this issue. And so you go to these advisory boards and by definition, I mean not by definition, but they are people who have time. They are the one percenters that can be there. And they are not the meat and bones of the community. They are not the people that are working out at hills three to 11. And so you have a real disconnect between the people that are advising and the people that are being impacted by ordinances, regulations. And that huge disconnect is what causes the discord in the city you know all we know is that when rock chalk, chalk all we know is when rock chalk park was built we were told that every one of those basketball courts was going to be open every weekend and suddenly they were leased to here and leased to there and and you want to? Say, we're cynical sure we are i mean you know because we're disconnected and so, I see an open invitation to operational boards as something that moves it down a little bit to make it more accessible so that people who are hesitant to come forward because when they call planning commission, they get somebody who uses about a bunch of $10 words and dis, basically disses them on the phone. So they're not going to call again because, you know, it's not worth their time. They're going to go back to work. And so I think anything that can be done to pull them off of big sounding boards and make them things that people want to engage in would do a lot to lower the temperature, of the disharmony in this community that perhaps
0: some people don't even perceive. But is there? So, to that point, Sherry, that point that you just made, when we look at recruitment for these boards, you sort of talked about bringing it down. down uh huh. In terms of. So, what additional things do you think might be included in this membership and recruitment idea to, to get to that, to bring more people to. That's
9: a good these? question. I mean, Almost it has to, I mean, for me, it was something that impacted my life. So, it, so I sort of became as engaged as I can. I, I don't have the answer. But I, I think that making them from, I'm just going to say that I don't have, the sustainability board to some kind of, you know, community liaison for the environment, you know, something like that. Uh, so that it would be more where average people that have a grocery bill budget, and doesn't include 715, feel like they can come forward and, and that they would be valued.
5: And could come forward because it's not as intimidating as being nominated by the mayor and approved by the city commission, and then feeling like, okay, so you're telling me I have to make sure that I'm available you know at least once a month for several hours a night and whatever but no it's like this is something maybe it's one-off it definitely de- directly affects my neighborhood and you know city manager's office is called and they're pretty accessible and they'd like my input on this so it certainly makes it more accessible it definitely definitely makes it more accessible t- for those people to get into the room and feel comfortable enough to you know share whatever input they can bring.
4: Well, I, I think the, um, the engagement initiatives are designed in part to make sure there's a wide variety of, of people involved.
0: And that, that speaks to how this recruitment piece, so maybe it, there is some looking forward, what these things are called, um, yes. how they're advertised in the community the recruitment. And that's, of course, what what you'll be specializing in, is getting that word out. Um, But maybe looking at the name, looking at where it is advertised. Um, Because right now, I know a lot of it is just word of mouth and begging and pleading, Mm -hmm. at least from what I've seen.
7: Um, DMB Smith. Yeah, I I think obviously we start talking about membership numbers. Mm -hmm. And I think that standardizing membership numbers Mm -hmm. is is good. partially because it makes it easier to communicate what the boards and commissions mm-hmm. are, if they're all similar or follow a, a pattern, uh, so that each one is at least somewhat similar. Um, I feel like it makes it easier to communicate out what, what they are and what they do. But I, I definitely feel like it's a sort, of, sort of how you're talking about making sure that the community is, is truly represented. It's a balancing act because if you, if you get a board or commission too large, um, it, it can become un- a little bit unwieldy and it can require more and more staff time. Too small, you might not have enough literal seats in the room mm-hmm. to, to reflect the community um, and you want to you strike that balance. But I do think, I mean, I have, I have a lot to say as far as recruitment. I feel like recruitment and membership go back and forth. Um, and one, one big, uh, you know, under recruitment, it lists commissioners, board members, and, city, and the city manager uh, as being the primary folks who are recruiting. But to me, I feel like um, if, if we do want to, I feel like the two, uh, those two first bullet points kind of conflict with each other because the second one of having a duty, duty to recruit members from groups that have traditionally been underrepresented by city government, if if our goal is to get folks who have been underrepresented but then the people who are supposed to do the recruitment <laughs> are the commissioners, current board members, and the city manager. Those are the people who are the most represented. So it's like how are the, how do we expect yeah, those people to be already be in contact with the people who are underrepresented. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I do communications. That's my, that's my my day job. Um, and so I feel like the reality, and I know that part of our responsibility or part of our goal is to kind of lower some of staff, uh, how much energy staff's putting into this, but I feel like really the, the answer as far as recruitment is that staff needs to actually dedicate time specifically to educating and, and promoting. The existence of these these bodies, and then also um, encouraging people and and you know explaining to them that they do have the the capability and skills. I think I even mentioned this at a previous meeting. I, d- I think one thing with the the operational boards and some of this other engagement. Which can be really useful and another reason why I think that's a good tool in the toolbox is that it can be kind of like a little league or a, not little league what's the other one minor league like a minor league on-ramp for people into full board ser- service but I and, and again I apologize since part of our goal is to reduce staff uh, um, work I think that the reality is it's going to be more work if we want to make sure that the folks who are serving are representative of the community um, more work in a different way, though. Mm-hmm. It's so. just better
6: aligned, not yeah. reduced. Yeah. 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 yeah, there you go. And in the long
0: run, it might actually be easier because if you talking about what you've just described here with the new processes that you're going through, mm-hmm. if more the more people that are involved, the more recruits you possibly have because you get to know people. You get to know the people that show up to the meetings for this particular issue or that particular issue. And then it becomes easier to recruit Mm -hmm. for staff. So I can see a high level of work at the start when you get this whole process going. But eventually, as more and more people become engaged, they're more willing.
7: And if people are coming into board board service having had some of these previous experiences Mm -hmm. and a little bit more training, I feel like things. You might see less friction mm-hmm. within within the operation on those boards. That's gonna be, that's the, the recruitment thing's forever gonna be my soapbox. So we cool. I'm sure we'll <laughs> touch on that again.
9: One example of unintimidating, really good in community engagement was when they redesigned the bus routes. They had these little tables with two people just normal looking people <laughs> and they had a little sign you know tell us about the bus route you know and i mean i saw them all over the place and that was really good because they just looked and i mean i I could see almost anybody saying you know whatever they wanted to say to these folks it was that was one example where the city really did it right
0: yeah, and then you have a table. Did you enjoy this? Would you like to become a part well, of yeah. the decision-making? You know, have a recruitment at each event where you're saying, hey, this is how this is going to work. Would you like to become involved?
4: Yeah. yeah. Tables at the farmer's market.
0: Yeah, things like that.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it, it is. I mean, I, you all probably heard I, when you say I am serve on this board, well, I wouldn't want to do that. I mean sadly I hear that regularly because I would never want to be a city manager and it breaks my heart but I I think we're trying to build things that are useful and that do really good work and where people don't see it as a a terrible thing it's a wonderful thing and so I, I do think when you have you have the right kinds of boards and commissions where good work is happening and meaningful work is happening but not down-in-the-weeds work necessarily that people I'm not interested in that and I'm not being screamed at, you know, all of those things, environmental conditions could make it so they go that or I don't want to run for office, you know, hopefully we do recruit some people that want to do that work, but that isn't necessarily, you're not signing up to get in that path. Mm -hmm. That isn't what most people do. Um, So don't worry if that's your expectation. And I will say we're
2: not actively doing this now, which is why we're including this and consider it a part of you know, high-functioning boards. Not that we're not recruiting, but I mean, we don't have an outlined process that says we have a duty to actively recruit members and to have a solicitation period and to really do that. The mayor makes appointments and the commission votes on those. So, so in terms of recruit-
0: recruitment, what does everybody think about a four-year term? To me, that sounds a little long. But maybe that's just because I was up till 3 a.m. at my last board meeting. Yeah, about that. that. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's not a way to recruit. No. Although I did advertise during the meeting. I did say applications are open.
2: (laughs) We are three now. I know at the last meeting there was conversation about having people you know there was value in having folks serve longer but we can certainly change that to three But that's that's and there were some other cities that did it so that that's the only reason we included there just to have that conversation yeah. I'm just wondering if we're trying to get
0: more and more people involved I
2: mean how much
0: time do people really have to give but at the same time you don't want people to just learn how to do it and then mm-hmm. cycle off so I really don't know what's a good balance
5: Yeah, I don't know I mean this this you know this survey that Sherry provided with this. We've got you know the highest the Aviation Advisory Board is clocking it at 4.6 years mm-hmm. per member, um, and then it's, it seems like it's pretty much what in the high threes, low fours is kind of where it's going to average out, right? And so some these members who've been you know, nominated by the mayor, approved by the city commission. On average, are serving one and a third terms under our current structure. I don't know why we're getting to that third part and we're losing them, but you know, if if dialing them in for four years keeps them a little longer, then maybe that's good because I just there's I've been so impressed with the people that I've served with. There's just there's commitment. They develop institutional knowledge. Over time, that really I think comes side by side with staff, where your know, staff has knowledge, but they have knowledge too because they've been on their board or commission or whatever for four, five, six years. Well, why not eight years? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like if they're
7: rocking and rolling, why not let them go, you know? DLB Smith, I do feel like to a certain extent the, the average term length is, is interesting, but I, I do think to your point, like it might be. There might be a little bit of self-selection because some folks, if you ask them, would you like to serve on this board for three or four years, that might be an automatic no for them, just have the perception of that. So I think the, the board service might attract people who are already stable and willing to potentially do it for years. Um, somebody who doesn't even know if they're going to live in Lawrence two years from now might automatically say, mm-hmm. oh, well, I, I don't know where, if I'm going to be here in four years, so mm-hmm. I'm out. Um, and I know personally from volunteer recruitment that if you ask somebody, hey, do you want to volunteer twice a week for the next eight weeks, people will generally say no. But if you can get them to come in and do it one time, five years later they're still there somehow. And so there, I think that as far as a, a cell, convincing somebody to serve on a board a few hours, or Maybe more than a few hours every month is is in itself a little bit of an ask, and then the prospect of, of four years might be a little bit scary to some people. I feel like there's probably some folks, maybe even maybe some, uh, you know, younger folks where four years is like a significant portion yeah. of their their life, yeah. uh, and so that could be yeah. be a big ask. So that is this tricky. I don't know if we. I don't think we should reduce it down to all the cart month month by month, but I do think that. Um, it's probably a little bit of a hurdle as far as recruitment.
0: Well, I wonder if there's an argument to be made for not having it a standard for every board and commission is four years. Maybe there are certain commissions and boards that have a lot of knowledge building, where it takes a really long time to sort of come up to speed and feel comfortable and on a roll, as you said. Where other committees and boards, maybe the learning curve isn't so steep, and those could be shorter.
1: Could we say as as necessary or as a, as applicable to the boards not to exceed four years of a term.
5: Or you could make it a standard two-year term with the ability to be reappointed, you know, three or four times. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways to slice and dice it, because you're right. You know, like some people might be scared off by four years. I wouldn't be. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, that's just about right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the
7: reality but, is.
0: But especially with the younger people that you mentioned. What, you know, what young person in their 20s is going to yeah.
5: be able
7: to Yeah, right. Years exactly. Years. True. True. In, and the reality with this practically is it's just a limit. If somebody joins the Cultural Arts Commission and then a month later finds out that they ha- they got a job offer in Hawaii and is moving, yeah, I mean we don't tell them they can't leave. There's there's not.
3: Yeah. That's try. <laughs> <It's dry. laughs>
7: yeah, it's not a gulag, right? Yeah, I can, I can beg, but um, but so yeah, I mean functionally, whether it's whether it's four year limits or three year limits or whether it's um, a maximum of three and have some sort of automatic renewal. I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is maybe we're two in the weeds, but I think it's it's worth look when we do go to standardize all this stuff. I think it's worth looking at. Mm-hmm.
0: But it sounds like it could go multiple ways, and maybe it doesn't need to be standardized.
8: I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll offer it. It of isn't. It isn't your experience mm-hmm. here. I will offer uh-huh. that um, we hope mm-hmm. we probably will see a stabilization of. there be a mm-hmm. potentially if it passes, the mayor will be a four-year term. Uh, this is a rotating thing that happens so it may be that you'll see some stabilization of people's terms that way, too so this is I, I'm just saying that also there's a that There's some thought that you'll have the more stabilized um, Commission will continue a direction for a longer period of time and therefore may work to convince some of the people that they appoint to help them do that work longer. Okay, it, it, that sounds political and it is, but I mean, that actually happens other places and they say, you know, this mayor recruited me and I'm here until she's gone or things like that. So you may see some effects of that with these changes, adjustments
1: in government. In the recruitment, would there be any that we'd say traditionally underserved would it, you know, I was thinking to our strategic plan where we specifically state that you know, one of our commitments is to equity inclusion. Is it from the communications perspective is be better to speak to our say, you know, uh, with recruitment of members with the, with keeping in mind the, the strategic plan, the city's strategic plan of equity inclusion. Um, as opposed to maybe traditionally been underserved in city government. Uh, I would defer to a communications individual more than uh, Mm -hmm. an accountant telling how to write something. It's good language, discipline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, in recruitment, um, maybe this is too far in the weeds. What what everybody was saying about recruitment, I completely agree with. I do think that might be as an operational advisory board on how to actually implement that recruitment um, would be important but instead of is there some value to us defining what active solicitation period <laughs> is at, at the at this level um, at, at a minimum what active participate solicitation period is because this leaves feels very broad um, and and what what would that actually look like that's just two things I had on recruitment.
7: D. L. B. Smith. I mean, for me, I feel like there's two ways to, to think about the the roles that are being recruited for. You know, on the Cultural Arts Commission, we might have one empty vacant role, but if you think about the the city's entire board and, and commission, uh, all 150 individuals, and think of all of the, all of those roles they're serving as a volunteer leadership role. Um, to me, I would get rid of the word "period" there entirely and just have a 365. You know non-stop education awareness and recruitment process, not for this specific role in the Cultural Arts Commission, but just for that level of engagement, that that level of volunteer Mm -hmm. leadership, Mm -hmm. just trying to Mm -hmm. keep people engaged and keep people aware. And not everybody walking down the sidewalk will be aware that these positions exist and that they could fill them, but more than what it is currently. Mm -hmm. I think just keeping that level of awareness constant. And also, I mean, honestly, my, my position, Communications. It's easier to just constantly be be doing that work than to every time a position opens up, you know, start start doing the solicitation advertisement work. If you just have it as a blanket uh, nonstop uh, priority, I feel like I feel like. It's, it's simultaneously, it, it is more work. But in one way, <laughs> it's a little bit easier not having to, 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 to restart that engine every time you feel like you need to specifically fill a position on board or um, so. Well,
0: that's a good point. I mean, if you're actively soliciting every time you have one of these meetings, public meetings, saying, hey, isn't this great? You want to be involved? I mean, that is just, like you said, all the time.
1: Or isn't every this terrible you want to be involved? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think when the, what I was thinking about with the period is, is what you were speaking to, mm-hmm. like, having the booth, having mm-hmm. a point where people can come to and, and not feel intimidated. Maybe they're not all watching these board meetings.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: mm-hmm. that that type of active solicitation isn't going to do it. But maybe we don't need to define it here. Maybe that's a, an operational thing of how we're holding ourselves accountable of what does that look like? What does it, uh, an active solicitation plan look like? And maybe that does have three events a year mm-hmm. where we're, we have a booth at the farmers market, and we're talking about what what is public um, participation look like on these advisory boards. But I, I agree. I think if, if 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 that was what it was, I would be good with having a period period being removed. But if period holds us accountable to actually sitting down and doing something like that, that, that puts it at a level where people are comfortable, then I'd be inclined to leave period as is, um, just so we have to to do something like that. But I, I would tend to agree with. Dan on
0: this point. Do you have any thoughts on what active solicitation would look like (laughs) besides
6: Um, booths and Yeah,
0: I I I don't
6: know what else. Yeah, I mean, there's there's all sorts of outreach strategies, right, that we can employ. Um, We have a communications team, and we have communication folks in departments. They're not currently staffed with that work, so there is a capacity question of where this time to do this outreach Mm -hmm. around recruitment for boards and commissions comes from. So just to acknowledge, yeah, Danielle, it is more work this time. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So there's a question there, but. If if there was capacity, we, we know how to do that work. It's, it's really a capacity question, though. Hmm.
1: Would, it be, would it be something to where that's a responsibility of the board of participation? Whatever board you're on that, that you actively are part, instead of staff being the ones that are sitting at the booth um, having the conversations, it's the board members um, that have to participate in these quarterly I don't know, meet and greets, you know?
7: Smith, I mean, I think that is definitely a, a valid idea. If the city was going to have a a booth at the farmers market, and you could, I mean, somebody like myself, I'd be happy to be there and talk about what serving on the cultural arts commission has has been like, and encouraging people trying to like lower that that barrier to entry, so people understand that it could be you. It mm-hmm. doesn't, you know. Um, so I think that that would be certainly be a way of. of I mean mitigating some of the added staff. Uh,
5: I, I wouldn't make membership contingent upon that. I would simply mm-hmm. just encourage staff. Hey, invite them. You know, because there's some people that would be more than happy to go over to the farmers market and just be available to say, yeah, I've, you know, I've served on three boards or commissions, and yeah, you know, clearly I keep coming back. And I'm not getting paid, so there must be something there that that is satisfying and. You know about about working for the community like that. I'd be happy to do that, and I think there's some people that would. But then there's other people. You know, Sherry was talking about that they might not have the time or the bandwidth. You know, for that kind of thing. And so, don't penalize them. But 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 definitely, staff can. You know, as, al- as long as there's only one person from the BCA <laughs> or the Park and Rec Board there, there's not going to be a quorum issue. You know, okay. so it's like there's no issues there. I think I think it could work
1: takeout period
0: (laughs) i think active solicitation sounds pretty good i mean that can be any number of things that we've talked about
9: there's something about constant communication it's like i only call you when i need you you know but constant communication is like the city is here for you if you just can come and ask you know and and that's that's what constant communication means to me is like someone would know the city is here for them to help them if they have an issue or help them grow with their kids into different activities but not just coming at them when the city wants something and just anecdotally, once I did a survey, just a, uh, you know, like, do you look at the insert of your water bill? Nobody I know <laughs> looks at that insert. So don't put it in the insert of the water bill, because not very many people actually read that. I do. I know you do, <laughs> but you're at this table. <laughs> I do, too. I want to know when the compost opens. Yeah. But not a lot of people down at my level. It's really. usually...
1: I. Trash wasn't picked up, and I go back, and I'm mm. like, oh, yeah, they told me trash yeah. is tomorrow. And I, I of, think I and and sometimes <laughs> the <laughs> husband opens the
9: bills, uh-huh. yeah. and, and see, so the wife never sees them, and the kids never see them, even <laughs> if they're reading age, you know?
0: Yeah. So, hey, this is yours. You get to pay it, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So can we move through a little bit more of this? at this point um, in terms of uh, looking through and hoping it informs um, our larger discussion of what, what fits where. Um, so vacancies. Any comments on vacancies right now? I mean, pretty straightforward. Uh, the appointing authority would then fill a vacancy if somebody had to leave. Um, so one question would be, though, the fails to attend um, 50% of the scheduled meetings in a fiscal year. And that sort of I, I, I highlight that one because we've all read the, the, the staff response and the member response. And I remember, I think I have at least an organic feeling that sometimes that's a problem mm-hmm. with attendance. We've all probably experienced that. So what does 50% sound like? I mean, would you be comfortable serving with people who missed half the meetings? Does attendance by
9: Zoom count? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes. Yes.
9: Then you could almost attend almost all meetings, because if they're in the evening. Mm -hmm.
0: But I mean, how much does that detract from the, the, the duties of the board when people are absent? I mean, I don't know how many meetings have been missed because of lack of quorum. I don't know if that's a problem, or if it's just the work of the body doesn't have the membership, it doesn't have the opinions that you're after if you've got people not following through meeting to meeting. You know, I th- I'll, I'll pause it. I think that sounds a little low, but
7: yeah, we Smith. Yeah, I, I agree. 50, 50% mm-hmm. does seem pretty low, and from my experience, I, I don't know, I, I have never experienced somebody who misses 50% of their meetings, like usually. People are either on the ninety-five percent or the zero or the percent. Like those are really the <laughs> two. But I do know that there, there have there have been boards and commissions mm-hmm. that have struggled with attendance and not being able to reach for them. And yeah, it's a, it's a very real issue. I also know that, um, I mean, for us, if somebody if somebody uh, fails to attend a set percentage of, of their their meetings, it's Cultural Arts Commission. They they, they aren't off. The commission they are just there is an opportunity to review their status on the on the board yeah uh, that's how it's set up right now isn't yeah it? I, I, I think that I, I think that the percentage listed in the pr- procedures c- can kind of help to it's, it, it's kind of like the, the, the term limits, whether, whether that's a, an expectation of term or a limit of term. I feel like the percentage listed might inform what people feel like is expected of them, and if 50% is the, the point at which th- they're in jeopardy of being removed from the, from the body, it might be setting the expectation a little bit too low. Um, because honestly, if somebody was missing 60% of mm-hmm. the Cultural Arts Commission meetings, I would be very concerned about that. Um, Mm-hmm. So, I would, when we're drafting our, our, dream, our dream document, yeah. I, would, I would be in favor of setting, setting the bar a little bit higher.
1: I mean, I think even with the special alcohol tax, that 50% would have been two, there's two, there's four meetings for the year, and one was to review yes. applications. And, you know, if you, you missed two of those meetings mm-hmm. at, at, at the right time, you kind of miss the meat of, of the substance of that board mm-hmm. or that committee um so yeah i think 50% is pretty it's pretty high um, i would i would hope that we have that expectation i, I would be even inclined and I have attorneys in the room here um, more than a certain percentage like more than 30% i don't
0: know oh, what the legal percent. language would look like but just think people should attend more meetings
2: <laughs> but in generally are you all interested in having that be a higher percentage because we can look at how to write that
5: it probably should be higher it's not anything I, i've ever thought about i mean i have but i haven't you know it it hasn't created a huge problem i think in all the time all the stuff i've been on i think there's been a couple of meetings that couldn't proceed because of quorum so in I don't know, like, eight years of involvement or something. I've seen it happen twice. So it doesn't happen a ton. And when these folks do come back, I'm happy to have them back. <laughs> it's never been anybody that I was glad was gone, you know? I don't know. It's so... That's why it's not... But I agree. It's like if you've signed up, you probably need to be accountable and you need to show up. And but I, but I think... I do like that your membership can be reviewed. You're not right. just instantly yeah. booted. Right. But... Now we affirmatively reach out. Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. What's do you? Can you come back? Do you want to come back? Is there anything we need to know?
1: And can it? Can we say unplanned, scheduled meetings? Because something like this, where we had people just happen to timing doesn't yeah. work out. But overall, the mm-hmm. participation mm-hmm. of that individual mm-hmm. is, is correct, is, is appropriate at the level that mm-hmm. we want. That maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The difference between excuse yeah. and unexcused yeah. absences yeah. for our
8: kids yeah. in school. Yeah,
0: that's a good point. I just, I, we talk about this sort of thing monthly at my day job, and unplanned is the language we certainly use in our bylaws, and, but not so. But it's, it's uncommunicated. It's
3: easy.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure no the lawyers on the can show be, is, well, no, it's a whole other <laughs> Yeah,
4: but yeah. regard that regardless of the reason. I mean, if a person isn't there a substantial amount of time, even if it's for a good reason, I mean, the board suffers. Yeah. So I mean, if a person can't attend 50% of the scheduled meetings, you're probably actually making it easy for them to get off the board by, you know, yeah, I mean, by having a requirement, they might not say, I don't want to serve anymore. If this is like, okay, I don't yeah. know.
0: Well, I think we staff staff legalese could come up with whatever the proper language is.
8: Yeah, greater than, yeah. Meetings, is mm-hmm. so greater than 30% of the meetings that
7: consensus, greater than 30%. Toby Smith, I've got nothing against greater than 30 or less than 70, whichever. <laughs> so you're saying the expectation is that they attend 70% or more? Yeah, this yeah. is saying position is considered vacated
1: if they fail to attend. Yeah. And that's I would, yeah, I would say.
2: Right under vacancies, it's if you do not attend, if we change it to 70% of the meetings, the position is considered vacated.
5: Right. Yeah, that's... So That's that's... That's the eject button there. There's no review. <laughs> there's, well, can, you're I, done.
7: I'd be in favor of, <laughs> of getting the review. And as far as I know right now, folks can also um, can also ask to take a, a leave from from serving on the board, which I can't remember how many, how, how many meetings it is. But there's a, a set number, um, which has been explained to me at some point, that they can request to take a leave, at, at which point they can rejoin without having to be the reappointed. I don't know what the... I,
1: yeah, I agree with the review. I, to the 70%, percent just play that out theoretically. If we're getting to 70%, we're now, if it's a monthly, we're now in October by the time we finally said this isn't working. <laughs> We need to find someone
5: else. 30%. 30% missed. Yeah. We're not going to let that. Okay, I was 70%. heard 70s oh. no, 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 no. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. 70% yeah. attendance. 70% attendance, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. yes. yeah. so we're, yeah. yeah. we're
1: doing the positive
7: side. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm good
5: with positive side. you get alarmed there. Yeah, yeah,
7: yeah. 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 Um, I think we're I think taking the review language, but changing it to 70. Yeah. Percent attendance,
5: yeah. Review so at 70, you review when it drops below 70%. I would be, yeah, I hate to just kick people off because just I don't know.
0: I'm sure we'll have another iteration.
5: We will. Some
0: details
1: right. but, but, you know, f- functionally, ahead. to get to, to that point, I still struggle, <sighs> but I, the, the consensus is yes, that would be
0: what we'd have okay. so, It could be 70% eject, 50% you get a conversation, something like that. By whom? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, I,
8: I, that actually happens, and so I, I like this, not having a review, not having an uncomfortable conversation. You just but want I, that bright line. Well, I mean, I, I just say I think the, the, my bosses probably would enjoy something that is a little See? harder line. Right.
1: I think if they've missed there the first, if there's 12 meetings in the year and they've missed the first four, they can't get to 70. percent And we don't need to wait any longer at that point, right? Right.
2: Right. Because we would then need to outline who does the review, that's what's true. the criteria, yeah, That's right. true. What's the standard? Yeah. And it's high. In the review could be
8: reappointment. Trying to get to yeah. Like like, apply for reappointment. Yeah. Maybe. You you applied. You created a vacancy. You reapplied and said, "Sorry, put me back on. I'll
5: never <laughs> miss again." And they do it. Mm-hmm. All right. So staff wants a bright line
7: We, we can the we bright could, line. We can do both. We can do, and I understand that the 70% review, the question of who would review. Uh, maybe not review, but, I mean, for me, again, speak speaking for myself, the Cultural Arts Commission, if somebody hits that, goes below 70% attendance, I would love to have something t- that tells me. I would love to have a, a little alarm go off so that I can be aware if somebody is struggling or... Um, and so, I mean, there is a list in here of of uh, board chair or presiding officer duties, and I mean, for me, I'm more than happy to shoot an email to somebody, checking in, making sure that serving on the board still works with their schedule and and uh, you know commitments. Um, so, having the higher threshold of seventy percent for maybe just like a little alarm bell, and then we could we could retain the fifty percent, like it's not clearly not working out. Um, for the sake of of making easy making it easier for the the city staff to vacate those positions and not have a review every time so i do and i do agree that if somebody misses over 50% of their meetings at that point going through a review seems a little bit like a little bit like a waste of time i think i would be in favor of
1: leaving it as it's an ejector and then one of the responsibilities of the board the board chair is to to uh, pay attention to or, or be held accountable for those the attendance numbers. And so, if someone has now missed the first two meetings, it's your responsibility to tell them, "Hey, you miss another one. We don't need a review. You miss another one. You you're out. You you failed to to maintain the re- responsibilities of this committee and." You'll have to reapply if you want to continue to serve on this board. I, I don't.
8: I, I put a bullet point uh, adding to duties of board chair or presiding officer: address uh, address member attendance issues. That yep. would be
1: a duty. Yeah, I would agree with that. That way. I, I think can it, happen it gets both. Yeah, it's not a formal review, but there is yeah. a responsibility to have that conversation if someone is not
5: going to meet those. And it's purposefully candidates. vague because what? So you know, I was chair of BCA. So what if I don't call that person? Am I supposed to call them? Well, as it's written right now, I don't have to. But what if I don't? Yeah, yeah. So now that sure. they have recourse, well, mm-hmm. Travis never called me, so you can't kick me off. Yeah. So it's just I, I think just address membership issues is get you where you want to go you know like the staff liaison will call me or email me we'll talk about it and we'll decide you know let's send them an email let's call them or or not <laughs> you know we're just aware that they're missing a lot of meetings and they're going to get booted if they miss one or two more
7: so I, I think there's a spectrum there and that's appropriate you feel like that yeah works I think that's that's great um, obviously having to, to have the staff liaison potentially I, how aware, on average, is a staff liaison of? A They're aware. Attendant. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would be nice to have a little byline or something, just so that my staff liaison will let me know, like this person's below seventy. Just some, just to make it easy, they don't have to think all the time. Just there's a number that sets off the alarm bell. Um, but, but n- nothing specific. I think
2: that's a bullet I added. Is just okay. to keep the chair informed.
0: Of the yep. Minutes. Just
7: advise the chair. Mm-hmm.
0: So I would like to move on
7: as we go, because
0: we've. Um, so review of applicants, um, anything to discuss there? So it's a mayor and city commission for policy boards, city manager, designee for advisory boards, or for, actually, I guess like, what we're thinking of is operational bodies. That's my only name Yeah. Op- operation. Operational okay. bodies. Got it. Um, and then review cu- criteria. Is that pretty broad enough to attract um, conflicts of interest, compliance with norms of conduct, including but not limited decorum communications, concept of acting as a body with one voice? So they're pretty broad. Any other review criteria that people can think of or would like to consider?
4: You're reviewing the applicants mm-hmm. so they're not yet board members.
5: Right.
3: Right.
4: So how are you gonna review how how can the criteria include compliance with norms of conduct? I mean, what if somebody's
5: even. out what if they're running a Facebook page where know they
4: oh oh i see that's not norms of conduct in the meeting Mm -hmm. yeah exactly because they're not in the meeting yeah
0: somebody who's come before the commission and cursed oh okay i see we're saying
5: yeah someone who's yeah Yeah. habitually Mm -hmm. disruptive in commission Mm -hmm. meetings and and something like that and there's got there's Mm -hmm. well what about though the concept
4: of acting as a body with one voice
2: i think this could say interview i mean i think generally the mayor i know and whomever would calls individuals who have applied and, and kind of has a, I mean, an informal interview with them. So I think that's what some of this is getting to, is. <coughs> Known cranks need not apply, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think,
0: as a, if I understand, the concept of acting as a body with hood voice is just someone who's willing to work with other people, is kind of what that's saying, is work to, to get to a decision. Do you know, to
7: be Smith? I, I personally have never had an, heard of or, or had any problem with the way that people are appointed, mm-hmm. and for me that means either it's smooth and perfect or or it means that it's not substantial enough that it's just a rubber stamp so I'm curious if other people have more experience with that especially I mean you mentioned like the interview review process um, I'm curious to hear a little bit more about that or if anybody has anecdotal experience with having the mayor call you up in the middle of the night and grill you on your personal convictions.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we talked about this at last meeting or the meeting before, that a lot of those nominations come through the personal interaction and, and your participation in other in the community or other yeah. boards. So, so I think while there I don't, and none of them I've had this, I've had a lot of interactions with the people that have nominated me prior to this and probably fleshed out a lot of this stuff. Maybe I haven't found my weird Facebook pages because I can't access them anymore. But uh, um, yeah, I don't. I, I think it's happening, but probably just not in that formal sense. Um, at least that, that's kind of my interpretation of, yeah. of it.
5: I think that's practically what's happening in many, many situations, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So are we good with that? Yes. Okay. Communications for policy boards, direction from the city commission, recommendations to the city commission, communication with staff for liaison, and do not have authority to direct commission or staff to act, and do not have an operational role in the work of the city, meaning not an employee. Is that okay? Is that right? I think that fourth bullet point there do not have authority to direct the commission or staff to act. Um, that came up in our in the surveys a bit in terms of. Some staff feeling that they were directed to do something, you know, to come come up with this ordinance or come up with that policy uh-huh. or do that thing, and so I think that's an important piece um, to either just have that as it is or flesh out that there really isn't. We don't, because some of the, uh, as I understood from the, from the surveys, that there, were, there were some boards or commissions that didn't, because they didn't have direction, didn't know what their real role was, they were just coming up with stuff, you know, and that, that often led to staff being told, well, mm. you know, present this or format this or, you know, come up with the ordinance mm. for. Well, how does that so, conflict then? Excuse me, I, did I speak to
9: right? No, no, no. Okay, bullet number two is to make recommendations, but bullet number four says do not direct.
5: About require the commissioners to so, have to ask. So
9: should it be make recommendations as requested? Because if I, if if the board exists to advise on policy, then when they are requested to advise or direct, I mean, I think those words are a little synonymous, Then they are requested to direct. I mean, that's their purpose. I think the
1: term usage of recommendation provides the commission the ability to accept that recommendation or disagree with the recommendation Uh and it not still be directing the commission. Okay. That That would just be my, how I've always understood what our role as advisory boards are is that we do the study, we make a recommendation, the city commission says, yeah, we agree with you, we don't. And they either implement it or they send it back or ask staff to do some further detail on it.
8: There have been boards and commissions that have told the city commission, I want this on the next agenda.
9: Oh.
8: Right. Okay. This must be on the next agenda. Oh. More, more than once. Oh. So. That that's addressing that I to understand. some extent.
1: the The only thing I have on here, I'm sorry no, Sherry where are you. Um, the received direction assigned and other specific direction from the kish- uh, commission may provide. And, and maybe this is too early in the process, but thinking further ahead of as we're trying to establish um, standardized agendas. Does the vagueness of the received direction from the city commission allow us to create specific agendas for each one of those commissions? Or is this a little bit of whatever the city commission needs at that point in time we'll, we'll put on the agenda? Am I misreading this a little bit too much?
4: I'm not sure if this is um, relevant or not, but I think uh, the uh, Parks and Rec Board would have enjoyed a um, invitation from the City Commission to address issues of admission fees. Do this for us, <laughs> mm. you know.
1: But again, hat if we're standardizing agendas, is there just going to be one agenda item that says directions from city commission? And and then what are those agenda items underneath that?
0: I guess I'm not sure well, what you're thinking because I was thinking more along the lines of yet being asked to review and give recommendations on a particular issue. So I'm not sure what you, what do you mean by the standardized
1: agenda? Well, the planning commission has a very set, like what their responsibilities are. So their agendas are very standardized. Let's just say like the sales tax audit committee. We know that we're supposed to review those things, but maybe a special alcohol tax doesn't have as standardized of a of an agenda um, as it currently stands. So what would an agenda look like if that's if, if we don't have a, s- a stated purpose for that said so that like we need to have that that advisory board says this is our responsibilities as it relates to what we're advising and making recommendations on
4: well you know sometimes I mean for the for the department itself I mean like uh, the director may ask the, the board, uh, I need some guidance here. Right. You know, we need to take this to the council, and we need some. Uh, I mean, that kind of thing. So it's almost like it's. A, a, I, I, I. think it's a, in some cases, like the board is almost like a, a mini city commission. Right. Right. It's sort of for the staff to test out. <laughs> you know, would you, in effect, we'll test it out with you guys. If it works with you guys, then we can go to the city manager, but if it doesn't work with you guys.
8: As we go back to the strategic plan as the founding inspiration for the work, all the work, really, and the work that staff is doing as well, and these are conversations I have with our executive team, we When you read this language, we have key performance indicators built underneath them. And what I say is, we should be talking about, every staff meeting, we should be talking about what is moving these indicators. What's the next step that's going to be doing this? From a a, um, policy standpoint, there's a lot of policy that needs to go into making those numbers happen, Okay, It's not just budget allocation and staff work. There's also things that are the next thing. And I I had a pretty good interview I think, with the Sustainability Advisory Board on this subject. So if they looked at what their, their uh, commitment statement would be, say, what is it that's the next policy, the next change, the next initiative that would be most useful in going the direction that is spelled out in this as measured by the key performance indicators? And, when you, and I said, you have a lot of work to do. So, you know, and I started listing just some random things and I think that gave them some ideas of, oh, so our job is to convene and talk about what are the next policy steps that push us along so that this commission can, can maybe continue that work or, or um, adopt that work and implement that work. So if that gives you some understanding, staff is trying to do that too on the operational side. I think there's a lot of policy work that happens a- across the board in each of these mm-hmm. five outcome areas. When you start to just look at it that way, and you read the statement and say, "Oh yeah, an ordinance on this," and you know, if we had uh, recruited a new company to do this or whatever, I mean, there's just I think there's a lot of creativity that goes into that.
1: And I think that's kind of what I was. I'm kind of getting to it. Like, if there isn't established that the the, the The board that we've created responsibility is is the implementation of policy and procedures related to unmistakable identity like that's that board's responsibility that's number one like we're ensuring that the oversight of of those are happening we've got the policies necessary to implement them and obviously there is a mini board that we have that we have to the City Commission is gonna say hey we need to further examine this as a policy and yes that go does go to that particular board, but that standard, here's what our goal is, here's what our responsibility is, is this. And it's adherence to the strategic plan or implementation of the strategic plan policies and procedures. And I think maybe that's where I'm stuck. If like that's that's an agenda item that is stuck on each one of these boards agenda. Number one, we you know every time we come to that meeting, that's what we're supposed to be doing and how we're actually operating as a as a board.
0: So is that something to add to this communications?
1: Possibly. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was trying to, I feel like I'm trying to get to from that very first one. I do think that is, we should receive direction from the city commission on an as-needed basis, but maybe there's another policy... Communication board that 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 is what our number one responsibility is and maybe this isn't the right place for it and I'm just misreading what we're trying to accomplish with this particular line. Yeah, I mean reacting to that um,
8: I'm wondering if an annual Some annual device of the annual work plan or these are the initiatives that we will be working on Some are very responsive. So yeah. you know planning commission you know, what, what are, what's going to come at us. But the ones that have proactive work, I think that that would be a reasonable thing to either init- probably initiate with the board and commission and the staff liaison work, and that these are the things that we've talked about doing to further the strategic plan, send it up to the city commission for their response or reaction. In some cases, we have had uh, joint meetings. And if we get this down to a smaller number, it's not outrageous at all to think that you might have joint meetings on an annual basis to do that work on a rolling basis. Right now, we give the planning, uh, the the city commission receives updates on the strategic plan outcome areas. That could be a good time to also invite the members for a joint meeting in that participation. Mm It hard to do with, you know, 20-some, but mm-hmm. easier to do if we get down to the, these. Right.
0: Yeah. There's also opportunities, I imagine, for – because I know the Planning Commission meets with staff, and we actually jointly go through, like, what might be some of our priorities this year, mm-hmm. what needs to, to be tackled. You do. You do. Um, And that works out really well, because it's a joint sort of discussion of what will be the priorities for this year that we'll deal with on a larger issue. So, so we could lift that
8: technique mm-hmm. and put it into this document. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Um, so how does that differ from operational boards? Um, If we look at the operational boards in terms of its communications. Is there any significant differences that we need to establish? We already decided that the technical advisors wasn't needed.
1: Are we taking up technical mm. advisors in total or just the, ter- the term technical?
0: Oh, maybe just the term technical. Is there any um, reason that w- why we don't have, do not speak on behalf of the city or board in terms of the policy board, do, is, for operational board, you have here do not speak on behalf of the city or board except as approved by the board or city manager. Would there be a similar restriction under policy
2: boards? We should probably. <laughs> probably yeah. should. Yeah,
6: oversight. Yeah. yeah. I have that on okay. both. <laughs>
2: yeah,
5: let you go ahead and
6: <laughs> Should that be and/or was a clarifying question I had. So it's ex- as a. Oh, sorry. Do not speak on behalf of the city or board except as approved by the board and or city manager. So the board could approve the board to speak on the city's behalf. And again, some of these are <laughs> <important>. <laughs> It yeah, Seems a little tricky. <laughs> well, <laughs>
8: yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's just saying if, they've, if they all agree on something, then it is the thought of the advisory board, so.
0: okay anything else under communications
8: i, I would i asked a question and i'll just bring it up uh, transparently what about the um, subject to uh, open meetings mm-hmm. so i didn't visualize this to be that way because of the informality and and the uh, what do you uh, Somebody used the term, um, agility. Yeah,
6: lowering barriers
8: to access. Uh, lowering, lowering barriers. They might meet during the day, you know, with staff. They might be in operations. It, um, the formalities of open meetings with it being recorded and minutes. And um, I, I just, I leave that open not just so it's touched
5: on. And you all can kind of give opinions on that. You talked about that at the end of the last meeting. I mean, Tony's going to have... The final save, it, I mean, at first glance, I don't think that it triggers Comer or Cora, does not No. Yeah, so, I mean, so really it's just a matter you're asking, does it look sub-Rosa for us, for staff to be meeting with this picked group of people looking for ideas, ex- expertise, and insight? No, I I don't think so. But then there's other people that... I mean, I really enjoy reading conspiracy and things, <laughs> but no, it's just staff trying to be diligent and connect with the community and seek insight, ideas, and I mean, it just—I think it's extremely defensible. They have no policy-making power. They have no ability to speak for the for the city. Anything staff does has got to be approved by the electeds at some point. And so, it just it seems like there's so many. Yeah, so it's not some sort of like star chamber or something like that that's doing
3: something. Shelby
7: you know? yeah, Smith, my uh, my inclination would be to, to not have it be open, um, but then potentially keep some record. I mean, you mentioned you don't have to wouldn't have to have minutes, but I think it could be beneficial for both staff to be able to refer to the input that's received and also just to a you know maintain the you know. Uh, public awareness that, that there is a level of transparency there, that this information is being recorded in some way, and if people did really, really want to access it, that it, that it exists. But I do think that having uh, the Kurt's awesome camera setup and everything and broadcasting on YouTube is is definitely going to scare away um, scare away a decent percentage of people. Uh, I'm often taking pictures and videos of of people in my day-to-day job, and I know that. Roughly 99% of people do not want me to take the, the photograph, <laughs> and, and even less people want to be on, on YouTube or any sort of mm-hmm. broadcast yeah. medium. Um, so I think that not not having to be open, not having to be recorded specifically, and not having to be broadcast is going to really increase how comfortable most people in the community feel with actually participating, but keeping some sort of record just for yeah, mm-hmm. Austerity. You know, we're all subject to CORA,
8: yeah. mm-hmm.
7: just not, mm-hmm.
8: you know, developing the open meetings and abiding by those. Right.
0: It makes it very difficult to meet, too, as I understand. Finding a place that can handle the technology is just really burdensome yeah. and stuff. So. Yeah.
8: Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm.
0: that. Um, uh, I don't know what to do with the rules of procedure thing. Um, I didn't look at that. I um, didn't have time to, to go over
2: that. It's just um, a link to the current ones that no. are, are for the mm-hmm. city commission, and so we would need to update those, and some mm-hmm. of this would be in mm-hmm. that. Just to let you know, we already do have one in place that applies mm-hmm. to advisory boards, and so, okay. I mean, we can we can go over it, but mm-hmm. it That could be
8: future meeting yeah. work. Yeah, okay. Yeah, after after this work, then we'll see if there are any uh-huh. changes that are forced into that, mm-hmm. and bring that back. Okay.
0: Um training, I know we've all talked about, wouldn't it be great if every... Commissioner had some onboarding (laughs) to know what the role was and what the rules were. So anything else that uh, might be added to this or changed in this training
2: list?
1: Who's doing this review for all board members?
2: Are you talking about the biennial review? Um, So in the the past, we've sort of done it as a team. I mean, right now, as a member comes on, staff liaisons do that. But um, years ago, my understanding is they used to have sort of an annual meeting of all volunteers and kind of go over stuff. I think that's probably too soon. But if we did one every other year, it would really – I mean – that's kind of a, it would be all boards at one time and it would just be gotcha. a refresher on these things and you'd be welcome to come. I mean, that's how I envision it, but it could be whatever. I mean, it would really be at mm-hmm. Craig's discretion to decide how how we do that.
1: I get that. I was misreading that. that
2: because sense. this is sort of the code would, this is what we're thinking of having the commission adopt as code that says we must mm-hmm. train individuals and outlines that expectation. But the actual administration of how exactly we do that would be it would kind of be a refresher. Mm-hmm. You've been in a few years or new people are in, mm-hmm. we'd do that refresher. Aside from kind of that initial, here's everything you need to know and mm-hmm. then you've never been on a board, it's a lot to take in, but every other year you get a refresher on on all those basic mm-hmm. things. Okay. That's how I envision it, but again, it would really be Yeah, we would yeah I've done it, I've done
8: it where it is an annual thing, where some I've done it where we've recorded it and then required everybody to uh, certify that they've gone through it again. So, some combination of that. We we will. What's clear is we're not doing this very well, and we need to do it much more thoroughly and um, and regularly. So,
0: yeah. one question I have: When you say not completing the required training will forfeit position, depending on what the training is, I'm just thinking. The you know, planning commission has an orientation every year, but not everybody can make that. Yeah. So, the, what does that mean for a that's why I'm saying, who would not? Be able to make that orientation
8: yeah I, that's why I'm suggesting where I, I have been in a city where they mm-hmm. did require that and the the elected body was very adamant mm-hmm. and we had to make accommodations we did record it in some cases where they could um, but everybody was expected to, even, to, to, to be there
4: okay. yeah. I'd like to make a suggestion here on the bullet points um, members must participate in I'd like to add um, relationship relationship between the board the City Commission and the staff I think board members understand need to understand what those relationships look like on that particular board that they're
0: given that what we've seen in the well the questionnaires, that's a, a great addition.
8: Relationship and roles, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Other suggestions? Um how about duties of the board chair or presiding officer? We we did add what did we call it? Attendance uh issues. Anything else?
4: Yes. Um, Communication with the department head, or, I mean, if there's a, I'm I'm thinking my own relationship with parks and rec, Mm -hmm. you know. So the presiding officer, the duties is to maintain communication and relationship with the department head. And the staff liaison. Assuming the staff liaison is the department head.
8: It, it, it likely will be, yeah.
0: Yeah. So the language says staff liaison?
4: Mm, okay, if that's the case.
0: Okay.
8: It, there may be cases where the where the, uh, the champion, for instance, is not a department director. That That is the way it is now, but it, I could imagine that it might not be.
0: Okay, how about duties for board members? Wait, room, participate, rules and procedures.
6: It seems fairly straightforward. Um. I wonder do, do board members also benefit from the same training on roles and responsibilities between city commission, staff, et cetera? Is that what we were suggesting earlier? Under training. Oh, that's
2: in training. now. duties. I apologize. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, and, and I think um, when we say that they'll receive training on procedures, requirements, and expectations, mm-hmm. roles, and responsibilities as part of the expectations outlined in the forming document for each of these boards. Mm-hmm. Great. Staff liaison duties.
8: I added, keep chair advised of member attendance.
3: Yep.
0: Okay, and then then the final section, um, well, no, norms. And a lot of this would help with the rules and the the training. A lot of this would would come under training. Would be handled with training.
8: Can I can I go back real quick on on these on the staff liaison and the chair? I just want Tony. Tony's not here. She could speak to this. But we are trying to be more um, prepared and formalized on um, if there is um, disruption of meetings. How is that handled? So formally, the city manager can trespass somebody from city property. Um, We've extended that, obviously, to the meet the board, the city commissioner. But we want to be very explicit about that and prepare. So it will likely be the, the staff liaison would have that same extended authority, and we would document that. But we feel like that formality and understanding by the board chair, and we'll go through that with training, so meeting procedures and, and how you do that. But Hopefully it doesn't come up very often, but we thought that it's really not something that's been addressed, so I mentioned that here, and that's something we'll probably document here as well. Mm -hmm.
9: I see in a lot of this the only time when conflict of interest is addressed is at the very first appointment, Mm -hmm. and naturally, i think a person joins a board in which they have an interest and sometimes then that can become a professional interest whether it's a a side you know business and you know maybe you do something with clay and you're going to want to be on that board and direct it your way um or maybe you're a you know some kind of environmental person with a side gig and You're on the board now. I I think that that if you only get your conflict of interest addressed once every four years when you are appointed, I think somewhere in here there should be a mandatory thing that a person has to say if their circumstances change and and they have an interest Mm a money-making interest in something that pertains to the board upon which they serve.
8: So an annual disclosure form or something like that, that they say, I do do not have a conflict of interest, or I have no, I I will Mm recuse myself in those.
2: I think that's in our
8: ethics policy, but to say that they have to maintain current status and. Conflict of interest. We, or we, we just the on the
4: Watkins board. Uh, we just, uh, you know, we had the conflict of interest thing. We had to sign, okay. and um, somebody said, we need to, we need even if you signed it when you started, we need to sign it every year.
0: And yeah, we just have an online form. We check a box saying,
4: oh. yeah. So we actually yeah, had to do it
8: in person. Commission.
0: No, my, my, my employer. Okay, <laughs> but it was annual. Yes, annual. we not for it profit
1: boards. I know all those. Yeah. They, they always yeah. required that too. Mm-hmm. I corporate boards too. The circumstances can mm-hmm. change. Is partly yeah. what you're saying yes, this beyond is what I'm saying. just yeah. the beginning, or it? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So as part of the, are you uh-huh. proposing maybe part of the board chair's mm-hmm. responsibilities to ensure conflict mm-hmm. of interest or hasn't changed from meeting to mm-hmm. meeting, or,
3: or, or, six or six months to
1: see,
9: or year annual. Yeah, I, would, I don't know something. Uh, My son just yeah. told me that his law firm uh, lost $62 million yeah, because 60. of a, mm-hmm. a conflict of interest that wasn't mm-hmm. disclosed. Yes.
3: That's right. Yeah. And that also
9: gets mm-hmm. to
0: transparency issues <laughs> yeah. and trust.
3: Yeah. Right.
8: Yeah. Uh, we, we will address that. I think it's in our ethics policy, but to do something affirmative and mm-hmm. an annual basis, we, we can figure that out.
2: Mm-hmm. I've got a note for that. Yeah.
0: Good point. Um, so anything else? On, I'm going to move us along here. Um, norms. I mean, we can all, of course, look over this more time and address them. Go back and touch base for next meeting if there's something we think we've missed.
5: I wanted um, to ask about uh, should not unilaterally offer testimony on state or federal legislative matters or rulemaking processes, et cetera. So I think we could just clarify, like, about what? I was over at the Legislature like last summer,
3: <laughs> you
5: know. Uh-oh, I'm not supposed to be here, they are going to my board.
0: Right.
2: A <laughs> <laughs> check. <Exactly. laughs> that was one of the ones Tony had sent, correct?
5: Is it on behalf of the that I think specific? we can be specific, yeah, that it whatever your as opposed to just board-related it. activity yeah. is.
8: Right. Yeah. Rep should not unilaterally represent the city. Yeah. Yes.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. And like I said, I think if we take these home and if we have something we want to come back to, we can do that next meeting, too, if we haven't had time to.
1: It, is the last sentence this. in that part that Travis has brought up? Because that, that feels a Feels like, is that a, another bullet point
5: or is that really related to The city support proposed measures? What, what I think said it's
1: doing front.
8: is saying, you just because you're on a board and, or commission, you can't go to Topeka and go testify and say the city of Lawrence opposes
5: this bill. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm a member of the parks and yeah, I am a <laughs> member
8: and I'm let sw- me tell you. Yes, mm-hmm. now it is likely that. So we have a we have our own um, legislative priorities list It is likely that we may say hey, you know Who'd be great to speak on that and bring a board and commission member if they're available or and we know that they're in the capital For instance, and could you speak on the city's position? That's already adopted and approved That's that second sentence I think yes. okay, So
0: Go Sherry. I was going to say, given the time and um, that we still have this whole establishment, which and really gets into a lot of meaty things.
2: Yeah, and oh. I would say that's really the main thing about establishment. It's me just starting to outline some of how we would, you know, codify this ordinance resolution mm-hmm. so that it applies to subcommittees. I don't think there's a lot necessarily. That you all, would, I mean. You can comment on the main thing. I think was just what Craig already um, discussed that op- how operational advisory boards would function, and those would not be in open meetings. There'd be transparency, mm-hmm. but you know, remain flexible to, mm-hmm. to departments. The policy boards, I kind of went over earlier how those yeah. would be. Done through codified what it would lay out, you know that there could be subcommittees. It's more just that it must be done by ordinance. The commission needs to take act official action to give a change a a, a policy board once mm-hmm. set. Those types of things. We can talk about it at the next meeting. I don't know that there's a again. It's more sort of the technical. How mm-hmm. would this happen? Then than than the other pieces.
0: So so I was going to suggest you know just taking this home, mm-hmm. rereading this this particular document. Document. we'll start with it at the next meeting maybe and see did we want to go back and touch base on something that we saw um, when we had more time to, to look at it look through the establishment so that would be the first agenda item is to come back to this document and make sure we've got um, so, but leading on from there, yes. Yeah,
7: before we move on, just because I, I'll forget if I don't mention it now, I think one thing that we had brought up last time was a question mark, sort of, was COMA uh, and CORA in relation to subcommittee meetings. And, I, and so that's something, I don't, I don't know if we need to hammer it out now, but I think it's something that I'd like to see specifically spelled out here. I personally, I guess I do personally. I would prefer if, if it didn't because uh, it would be a lot more work. But, yeah. Um, I do yeah, have
2: that laid out, so it, if you want to review it, we can talk about it next okay. meeting. Yeah.
7: Great. Yeah. We can put it on the agenda for yeah. now. Yeah. That would be great.
2: So that would be
0: the first part of the next meeting. But I'm, I'm wondering if we're ready, given our policy discussion, higher, higher level policy. Policy versus organizational meeting, organizational body discussion. If we're ready to start sort of tackling in one way or another, um, looking at where our existing boards and commissions might lie, um, would they fit better if they were reorganized or in some fashion? If they were combined in some fashion, would they fit under some? Just sort of play around with. this list that we have and you know do that on our own too for homework and bring our suggestions and if we could have that city the the planning meeting or something with the whiteboards we might be able to just start at least initially making some lists
4: well you're talking about this list yes could it would really help me if there was a couple of sentences on what each one does
0: Okay isn't and there a document for that,
1: that? Is, yeah i think there's a yeah. that's already in this advisory boarding commission's alignment strategic plan
3: document right
2: well that yeah. is the um sort of vision state well not vision state but that's the statement for each of the um, outcomes and commitments but if you're wanting to know i mean i can i can pull it from each board each each board that we have on mm-hmm. Um, has its own page and kind of has what they're currently charged with. Are they all on one place when you go to the initial meetings? I mean, all, all the
0: boards are listed on that yeah. initial website with their description.
2: I th- yeah. Think you might have to. Oh, is it one to you? find the description? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I, I, I could get that in order and send it. Okay. Thank
4: you. That'd be helpful. Yeah.
2: So pair that with this. Okay. And then start
0: playing around with the boards and commissions. This one, this advisory boards, the second document, or one of the documents that Sherry gave us tonight. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. So keep the statement about what sort of, Mm -hmm. what we say our outcomes, are, you know, those statements. And then add um, the general charge of each of Mm -hmm. the, each of those that are listed. Mm -hmm. And we can look back
0: at the work that was done the first meeting with primary and secondary and where they all fit in. Um, does that sound like a plan going forward to start sort of putting these things in categories? Organizational, advisory, really, I it was very skeptical <laughs> traffic.
5: <laughs> I, I, at some mm-hmm. point, I do want to, if you allow uh, I do want to ask staff what they think about mm-hmm. what what the, the activities of our current boards and whatnot, and I don't know when it would be useful for us to have that. I think that was what I was trying to sort in my head, is Mm -hmm. when would it be helpful for us if you think it's okay to have them submit anonymous information about that? Or do we, or if you say, no, let's not get into that, then we won't, you know? Uh,
8: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we can give you some feedback. I don't know about this anonymous the anonymous part of it. I, I, I just don't want anybody to get any heat for what they say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I understand. I, I mean, we're really categorizing it fairly objectively. You right. know, what is this? What kind of work do they do? Um, And I honestly, I think your opinions are as important as theirs, or more so. But I I will, because remember, you're trying to build something that's useful for what the strategic plan is asking us to do for the future, not the past. And so I I will talk. I will. I think we can have a conversation. I'll probably work with liaisons and the department directors, and I'll kind of broadly do it. And I can, I can cleanse it from. I will, I will anonymize <laughs> the <laughs> input, if you'll
5: trust me to deliver that. I think that would be really, because I thought we got really good answers, actionable answers, mm-hmm. out of that last polling that we did of staff. Mm-hmm. And so I think this would be equally, okay. And, and, so, and if we had it by the time we met next time, then I think we've put all the, the pieces in place for us to really get into the meat of our work.
3: Okay.
0: Yeah, and I and I like that idea that you said. What kind of work do these committees do, and where does it fit in the strategic plan? If that's our framework for homework ahead of this meeting, um, that'll help us start categorizing and or reshaping things. What kind of work do these committees do in relation
2: to the strategic plan? So you want their current charge? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. And then information. Um, that Craig's mm-hmm. gonna do a general polling for on sort of mm-hmm. where staff feels these boards and their duties fall in terms of policy versus operational is what yeah. was discussed mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. is that right mm-hmm. okay that's good
0: yes and so so that'll we'll, I'm sure that'll take more than one meeting but we'll we'll start tackling it next time so calendars. Sherry,
1: could I ask uh, the, the Corvallis report that they that they finished up? And I was able yes. to pull the Bozeman one. Mm-hmm. But it Still
2: can't get it open? I, okay.
1: I just tried on my phone. I, maybe I'm doing I, it.
2: I think they, they've changed where all their stuff is. So the link that we had in the previous one is no longer valid, but I can certainly get all that because I had staff create a whole list okay. for me with links that are working. So I'll get just to go back through all of this for all of you. So, yes, I'll send that out to you. Thank you. And that's it. Just a link to all of the stuff that was in that initial initial report Craig did to Corvallis. Okay. Yeah. And if we could try to get that planning
0: commission, planning staff meeting room with the whiteboards. Okay. Oh yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um. So, next meeting. Being mindful of our tight timeline and uh, the t- amount of time for Sherry to get that together what we just discussed and Craig to talk to his the staff liaisons and department heads to get us that information before ahead of that meeting.
7: Do you, do you, so what is the next um, bullet point on our timeline? Our next. Okay. So uh, early on we sort of came up with a little A little plan I'm trying to I'm wondering where we are in relation to the next step
6: Yeah. so um, according to that plan in March we would be doing a draft a first draft of recommendations so that in April we could be ready to host a public meeting to solicit feedback on the first draft of recommendations so we're doing actually pretty well but just keeping in mind at some point a first draft of recommendations or something that you want to present to the public should be created
8: If what we've been giving you, Sherry's been doing this is, yeah. is you know, bullet point level. So okay. we probably need to start leaning into the drafting mode, um, and we work as a team, sharing the drafts and marking them up. And uh, Tony also participates. So, you know, again, I'm, I'm being transparent. We're we're offering language about what we heard, and hopefully we're on the right track. But please don't hesitate to tell us no this is you're missing something or that's not what I thought it said or whatever because we're we're trying to move this quickly enough and do a lot of work
2: May 18th would be four months from our first meeting just to keep that in Mm -hmm. mind because I know we've had some conversation about whether it's Mm -hmm. April or May but based on the way the resolution reads so and I mean if Mm -hmm. we want to stay we've been doing three weeks which is I know aggressive and but Um, i think this is not getting as much information back as this last one was just trying to get the data
8: but i think if we start drafting that's yes
2: drafting
0: true yeah yeah and i think part of what we would be doing next week is starting to to make that list and starting to draft i mean we've already sort of a little bit started with this um so if we did if we tried to find a time another another time in march towards the end of the month um then we might be in good standing to have something scheduled in April, um, as as far as public meetings and having a draft. So what does so the end of
2: March look like? So um, what we've done before, if this is OK with everyone, if we say we want to do, th- uh, you know, the, either um, So the 22nd is three weeks, the 29th is four weeks. Doesn't have to be on a Wednesday, but around those two dates, if you leave that flexible just so I can look at availability of room, send out an email to all of you to update Mm -hmm. um, schedules again, if that would be okay. Because I know we've had some members not be here for the last few meetings, so I think it'd be good to try to get their updated schedules so we can try to get. Mm A majority here mm-hmm. is is that in an okay direction The this I can already see this Planning Commission on the 22nd well so, yes okay well, so do you want to do the last week in well, March then
4: late in the week would be conflict with the NCAA tournament
0: I always forget to think about that <laughs>
4: <Of> some turn <tournament.
0: laughs> I, <know. laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I don't even know what to How I mean what does that do to schedules? <laughs> I have no idea. I,
8: I will see. It. Meantime, <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> they
0: don't play on. Monday.
8: We plan on playing through yeah. April.
3: Right. Okay. <laughs> so
8: earlier in the week. The Around here. are
2: Of like the twenty seventh,
1: twenty eighth. But you couldn't do a Tuesday, right? Yeah.
2: Can't do two. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, we wouldn't have a meeting on the twenty eighth because that's the fourth Tuesday of the month. What about are the first we, day? I think they were look. That would have to be the week before, right? The twenty third, which would be three weeks instead of four. I mean, Craig, how are you feeling about three weeks versus four? How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt about uh, it great this last uh, time, and uh, then didn't. Um, I, I mean, I think for us to get all of this ready, but I know we're on a tight time timeline, it might be better that last week in March rather than the 20th. But again, I think we, if we can say those two weeks, I'm going to send, have Sandy email you all again mm-hmm. with kind of a poll of what those, your dates are those mm-hmm. two weeks, and we'll look at availability of room. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm just sorry. I thought we could okay? narrow it
2: down a little bit. I know. With I, those in the no, room, if, but so. if those two yeah. weeks mm-hmm. are narrowed enough, I mean, I think that's pretty narrow. Okay. That's narrow enough. Is, is that okay?
1: okay? 23rd, 28th, or 29th are all good for me.
6: Okay, 23rd. 28th and 29th. Yeah. And then something I would just mark related to the plan and the timeline we're on, roughly, is that if we meet at the end of March and hopefully leave that meeting with some plan for a draft of recommendations, a draft of recommendations, something along those lines, that's going to be sort of cleaned up internally probably. Sherry might have to do some work on it. Tony might have to do some work on it. So we'd probably be looking at a public meeting in the middle of April at the earliest and then bear in mind if we're doing a public meeting and asking people for the input they will give us input and we will have to wrestle with that input and refine recommendations or not based on what we hear so that would probably mean that I guess you'd be meeting again towards the end of April, and at the end of April, you would have held the public meeting and you'd be grappling with feedback and coming up with a plan to refine recommendations so that uh, it could proceed on to City Commission at some point in May. Yeah. That's mostly just me talking out loud, but it was helpful. (laughs) That is (laughs) a a small heart attack.
2: (laughs) My only concern with that is on that Mm -hmm. scenario, Mm -hmm. we haven't, you haven't seen sort of formal documents of this that we would present to. The public before then to be based on your recommendations, but in terms of, I mean, oh yeah. Um, unless we want to try to come back with some of that, I mean, at the next meeting.
6: Yeah, you gather again in May, and then sure. uh, okay, come to come to consensus mm-hmm. on the recommendations, yeah. and then they go to City Commission shortly thereafter. Right. And okay. Um, sure. There's also a step in here to um, when near final draft of recommendations are ready, they're shared with board members and staff, not for comment, not for revision, but just to keep them um, up to date on what's happening so that it doesn't take them by surprise, because obviously they're, they're huge stakeholders in this process. So we we'll just want to make sure to think about how we keep them in the loop as we move through. But that's accounted for in the plan. And I think we can make a healthy start
0: on that, the next meeting. I think we can, we can do a lot of work. On getting that and hope and it um,
8: to you a little earlier. Yes, yeah. now, so that you can adjust yeah. the draft and look at the language.
0: Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay. Any other comments, business, thoughts before I ask for a motion to adjourn? All clear? Okay. Can I have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Second? Gabby Smith, I'll second. Okay. Any further discussion? Nope. Can you take the vote, please? Yes. Or just can we say yeah, all in we're favor? Okay. Yes. Yes. We're good. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Oh, motion carries. carries. Yeah.